Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope you had an awesome weekend, hell of a sports weekend, and we've got lots to get to on today's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Jets Fan Fest on Saturday and the first preseason game last night will be all over that, as well as a very important member of the operation, the new play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets, which we have found out about, and we'll uh, get to that in a moment as well. Scott Billick is going to come by, and we'll also chop it up with Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Get to a busy weekend in the National Football League. A huge weekend for a couple of our Manitoba teams. I think that WST bump is alive and well in curling. Jen Jones, Reed Carruthers, both getting W's at that points bet shootout. Great to have them on the program a few weeks back, and great to see them doing so well. A really fun President's Cup that I don't think a lot of people expected that you know, we'd be interested in it on Sunday afternoon. Uh, but certainly there was a lot to get to. But the Winnipeg Jets will be the story today. More on training camp and, of course, more on the official news that Dan Robertson is the play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, big shout-out to all the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day, including CoolBet, Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp, Consolidated Supply, Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, Aikens Lake, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club Whiskey, Breezy Bend, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Assiniboy Downs, and of course... The great taste of our favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. Let's get this party started. Welcome to everybody in chat. If you're new, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and join us daily, 1 p.m. live on YouTube. And subscribe to the podcast. You'll get the audio version of the show daily just in time for your drive home in around 3.30 p.m. Let's get Remus in here and get this going. How was your weekend, dude? Yeah, great weekend. Um, I got out to FanFest on Saturday. Which was which was a great time. Uh, I took my son there, and the wife. So I saw some saw some listeners. Took a couple selfies. It was a good time. And then yeah, we had NFL uh, yesterday, and yeah, a bunch of it was it was good. Huss. It was a very dramatic entrance where you talked yeah, for about camera twenty-five seconds and then popped in. My <laughs> camera wasn't working, so I'm adjusting all my uh, all my settings right now. Yeah, FanFest. I mean, listen, great turnout. And it's been a really good vibe around this training camp. And I think that's music to the ears of most Jet fans and certainly to the organization, considering a lot of what we've been talking about heading into it. Um, but as I said, you were there. I was going to try to get there, but, you know, we had the lock shop right in the middle of it and it was tough to get out. But I did follow along with all the social content that was coming out from the Winnipeg Jets. We've done a great job, I got to say. Hat tip to the social department right now. They've done some really neat things. Um but it was a real thank you to the fans. I thought the organization, from everything I saw, Remus did a great job. And um, certainly from the reports that you had, uh, a good time was had by all, young and old. Yeah, they had some street hockey uh, out front. A lot of, I tried to go in and watch one of the practices, and I uh, couldn't get a seat. Um, they took one of the back arenas. They had the stage. People were fired up. Who was out there? Wheeler, Dubois were out there. Zerleski was doing some interviews. They had, uh, I tried to get my son to watch hockey, but he saw Bouncy Castle and uh, was all over the Bouncy Castle. Uh, I know, you know how busy it was, Huss? They sold out of Jet Dogs, like, pretty early. I think, like, new, like, I was there by one, and they had already shut down the Jet Dogs, so 
someone didn't order didn't order enough us. That was a very hot item. Hot item. Yeah, I think they were five bucks at the yeah. event. I would have I would have gone there just to crush a couple of those things. And uh, great deal. <laughs> the event started at nine, so maybe they were cranking them out a few jet dogs jet for dog. breakfast. <clears throat> no doubt about it. Speaking of this, listen, I want to get to last night's game, and of course Dan Robertson. But just while we are on this fan fest topic and said bouncy castle. Is there is there the video of you enjoying the uh, the activities at uh, FanFest on getting, Saturday? We're getting to it off the top. I thought we'd save it for like you know what we're already talking about it right now. I people thought we'd save it for the end of the show, it. like make people stick around. You want this is this is our A material here. You <laughs> you just want to burn it right off the top? Everyone's gonna leave after this. No, I have a feeling they'll stick around to actually talk about the games, the team, training camp, tomorrow's first home preseason game against the Ottawa Senators. But to conclude our fan fest discussion, before we get to Dan Robertson and whatnot, I think uh, I'd like to see this, and I know the people with us live on YouTube would also like to see it. Okay, let me see if I can pull it up quick. So. This was like the bouncy slide, and it's kind of big. My son's only three years old. We're like, okay, go up yourself. And I'm like, I can't, I can't go up on this bounce, this bouncy slide. I'm from Winnipeg Sports Talk. I can't have people seeing this. <laughs> and then he went to go up, and my wife's very pregnant, so she can't go. So I was like, okay. So I just carried him up there, and we went up a couple times. You know, he eventually was able to do it himself, but. Uh, but here, this is me going going down. This all right. Was, it's all BS. He just wanted to do this over and over again. And luckily, he had a three-year-old with him to make it look a little less suspect. All right, here we go. We're lining up. This thing was steep, man. Look how we crashed into that wall. <laughs> there it is. That what a it. performance by Remo and Evan at, uh, at FanFest. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, uh, overall, awesome weekend. Uh, great turnout. A lot of people looking forward to uh, this upcoming season. Now, lots to get to on the ice, Remo. And we'll get to the game with Scott Billick as well as Hamilton and a number of the topics as we get into sort of week two of training camp. But let's face it, the biggest story in and around Jets fandom was who is going to be calling the game and filling the huge shoes of one Dennis Bayak. And I had a chance to see Dennis at the rink a couple days ago and uh, – we had a little soiree for our pal Jim Toth on the weekend. We got a chance to catch up with him as well. And like so many of us, I mean, I think we'd assumed that Dan Robertson was going to be the guy after he stepped away from the Montreal Canadiens radio gig. But the fact that, well, there was absolutely nothing official from TSN going into last night's broadcast. I think Dan got here very close to, you know, over the course of the weekend. And then it was right on a plane to call his first game. Um, and Dan Robinson, Dan Robertson, I would say this. I don't think TSN did them any did him any favors or the team any favors by leaving this till the last minute. Um, nevertheless, a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans were tuned in last night for the start of the broadcast, a familiar face in Kevin Sawyer. But Dan Robertson, the new full-time play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets, introduced himself on the broadcast last night. This is how it sounded. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Jets on TSN. Along with Kevin Sawyer, I'm Dan Robertson. Today it is the first exhibition season game for Winnipeg as they take on the Oilers here at Rogers Place. And if I can, I'd like to introduce myself briefly. Uh, I am the new full-time voice of the Winnipeg Jets on TSN, and it makes me very happy to tell you that. 
I know I'm uh, going to be trying to fill some big skates left behind by Dennis Bayak, who's as good a man as he is a broadcaster. Dennis has really been helpful the last couple of weeks, so I'll do my best to and work as hard as I can to uh, maintain the standard that uh, Dennis set for 11 seasons. And, Kevin, part of that uh, will be to have fun working with you. I really look forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it as well. Let me be the first to welcome you to the city of Winnipeg and to welcome you to our program, the Jets on TSN. I know you're no stranger to this league. I've been over 600 games calling games on radio for the Montreal Canadiens and I know that you're going to be a great fit off the ice your personality and your call speak for themselves so welcome aboard buddy well thank you my friend now uh, uh, you know folks if you're unfamiliar not familiar with Dan Robertson has done over 600 NHL games in the radio booth for the Montreal Canadiens and now slides into the TV gig here in Winnipeg. By the way, shout out Robert Sutton. Thanks very much for the support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great to have you as a member. Um, Remo, you've spoke with Dan numerous times back in the old days, getting him on 1290. Um, This is a guy that just has an incredible reputation, and I've had so many people from Montreal or that have crossed paths with Dan that have reached out in the last couple days saying how happy they are for him, but also happy they are for Winnipeg and the Jet fans to have um, such a great broadcaster coming in to do Winnipeg Jet games as we saw last night. Yeah, this was the number one question that we had in chat, people asking us every single day, who is the play-by-play voice? And if we're not going to have any big, you know, on-ice free agent signings or moves, roster moves for the Jets, the off-ice ones have been pretty big with Sarah signing with the Jets, Sarah Leski moving from TSN, and the new play-by-plays we've been wondering, now they had Last week, Stu Cowan, Montreal Gazette, saying that Dan resigned from 690 to take a TV job. Well, there's a TV job here. It seemed to make sense. We all speculated that this was going to be it. And then, so, so there was, we were all like, okay, when are they going to announce this? When's there going to be a press conference? You know, I had to, they tweeted out the game notes yesterday morning. And I went and took a, looked in the game notes. You broke notes. the news, basically. You were the insider. Did I break, did I break I, oh, it? I mean, pretty much. I mean, there was nothing that was official before until you tweeted out the Dan Robertson play-by-play TV in the Winnipeg Jets game notes. Certainly didn't come from our our old employer. Uh, Yeah, so everyone was wondering, and I thought we would have a press release saying Dan is the guy, blah, blah, blah. But you look in the game notes, and it's just like casually in there. And I tweeted, like, does this count? Is this this how they're going to announce it? Like, this is a pretty big change. You have Dennis Beck, who's here for 11 seasons. You're replacing him. It's like making a trade at the deadline, Huss, and like, or signing a free agent, not, a, and then you just see him in the lineup. You're like, oh, did they sign Sam Gagne? He's in the lineup right now. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, Maybe Lou Lamorello is running the uh, PR department over at Bell right so, now. <laughs> yeah, so I was, again, shocked that there was no official announcement. This is what we got. And uh, yeah, I texted with Dan. I dealt with him a number of times. Always very gracious with his time coming on the old station. Um, you know, we kind of have a big game feel uh, with his voice. And, you know, we tweet out the news. Everyone in Montreal, super pumped for Dan, for ta- for him to have this opportunity. But as you said, pumped for Winnipeg. Um, you know, we were blessed with uh, Bob Irving and Dennis Bayock for so long. And now to have uh, Derek Taylor and Dan Robertson replacing them, I think those are awesome, awesome choices. But uh, I know Leslie uh, writes in a chat, you know, if, if this was TSN announcing their Leafs broadcaster, they'd have an hour special on <laughs> and maybe even like a decision style reveal show 
who it would be. Like they had FanFest this week and you think it would be a great opportunity for him to shake some hands, introduce himself. But we've had we've had nothing. I don't understand. Um in a slow off season, this is just another another thing. So I mean, we tweeted out they didn't even put out anything. So I tweeted out the video of that we just played and it got four 40k views. People are fired up. <laughs> well, you know, and big guy in chat says lack of announcement causes me to wonder how high of a priority is TSN Jets with TSN. Um, take it from us. I'm not sure that Winnipeg's a huge priority for TSN. <laughs> well, that's why we're here. <laughs> that, that, Otherwise, we wouldn't exactly be here. That's why we're here. Um, uh, however, um, however, they've got a great one for the Winnipeg Jets. I and mean, we can kind of have some fun and you know, um, comment on, you know, how this did seem sort of like, well, never mind a last minute announcement. It just happened. And there was Dan in the booth last night. Uh, but the end result of this is amazing for Jet fans. I mean, we've talked about this off air a number of times, Remus, on a number of the names that were rumored. And um, certainly anyone that's seen the job or listened to the job that Dan's done for the Montreal Canadiens in the past and heard the game last night knows that um, we got a good one. So an official welcome to Winnipeg to Dan Robertson. We'll look forward to connecting with him and hopefully have him on the show real soon to talk about uh, the new chapter in his broadcasting career. And uh, of course, getting behind the microphone to fill the big shoes of Dennis Beck. Speaking of Dennis, by the way, Dennis has been in town for the last few days. As I mentioned, we caught up at an event on Saturday night. I do have some great news. And this, I'm not sure if this is breaking news or not, uh, but we're not finished with hearing great hockey calls from Dennis Bayak. Uh, very happy to uh, have him tell me on the weekend that Dennis is in fact going to continue doing World Junior Hockey Championship broadcast for TSN and the World Hockey Championships. I mean, the grind of the 82-game NHL season, now in the rear view, but um, uh, it's tough to... Listen, When he's done so much in the TSN family and calling hockey. Listen, I, I understand why he didn't want to continue uh, with the grind of the full NHL regular season, uh, but it's going to be a real treat, I think, especially for Jet fans to hear Dennis back in the booth come Christmas time in Halifax at the World Juniors and then again next spring at the World Championships, Reem. Yeah, love... Love uh, when Dennis does the worlds and uh, sort of world juniors and world championships. Nice to see. Yeah, I, I guess the Jets last Jets season has tough on everyone, including uh, the broadcasters. Uh, just kidding. Uh, you know, I guess after a certain time, felt it was time to move on. The NHL season, it's it is a bit of a grinder, as Paul Maurice uh, likes to say. So I'm happy we'll see. I always, you know, felt pride for Winnipeg. They were so lucky to have Dennis doing the play-by-play -play for so many years when he would do world championships or world juniors. And you'd see other people tweeting, wow, Dennis is is re really good broadcaster. And I'd be like, yeah, he's doing the, that's why I think you loved watching the Jets game and the play-by-play -play voice. I mean, you're there all season, 82 game, not 82 on TSN, but however many they have rights to, 60 or whatever, um, you know, close to 70, I think. So you do feel a connection. It is important and we had that connection with dennis for so many years and now dan is going to take over and i'm looking forward to seeing uh this year yeah i mean this is um this is a coup for uh, for the winnipeg jets and uh, obviously hopefully a great opportunity for uh, dan to continue moving forward as a broadcaster and uh, now a little bit of tv time as well on tsn for winnipeg jet home games or winnipeg jet games although remote and you tweeted this out earlier um 
we are going to see three more preseason games on the two, but uh, am I reading that correctly, that the final two exhibition games are going to be streaming only on the Jets site? Yeah, I mean, we haven't had any press releases on, like, the schedule or anything, so I kind of just saw this. They flashed it on the beginning of the broadcast yesterday, and I took a little screenshot and posted it up here. So this is a PSA for everyone who wants to watch Jets on TV. The final two games are going to be on winnipegjets.com. Uh, October 5 versus Calgary at 7 Central and October 7 at Calgary at 7 Central. Um, I, have, I have no idea why. I guess maybe TSN didn't want to carry the games or the Jets wanted to pump their own broadcast. I have no clue. I don't know if it's going to be TSN produced. I don't know anything. I'm just going by this. But you know, seeing games streaming only, no surprise in 2022. You're going to have some games... It's a whole thing with uh, the Yankees being on Apple TV. I don't know if anyone saw Pujols hit. I was just about 700 to bring that on up. Apple Plus. Um, <laughs> Amazon Prime having Thursday night football. So we haven't really had that in in Canada. I know there and previously there had been some preseason games on TSN Go. I don't know if they're going to carry that as well. But WinnipegJets.com. I don't. Is that on the NHL app? I have no idea what the status of the NHL app is this year, Hus, with um, Sportsnet now being the home of NHL game center. So there, yeah, there you go. that, I mean, I think we're going to sort of find out. I mean, I did see some folks that were jet fans out of the market, very nervous that they may not be able to get last night's game. Hopefully that all worked, that all worked out, but yeah, it is a little different in Canada. Uh, the NHL package through the sports net now, uh, as opposed to where you've had it in the past. So we'll get some clarity about that. Bottom line is, we got a game tomorrow, and uh, looking forward to getting back into the rink. Feels like hockey season around here, and um, obviously, first game last night. Very young roster sent out to um, uh, out west to, to to take on the Edmonton Oilers in that first game, and tomorrow's the Ottawa Senators here to take on the Winnipeg Jets. I imagine there'll be more of a veteran lineup. But we did, we will hear from a few of the Winnipeg Jets from over the weekend. Today was an off day for the club after a busy first few days of camp, and tomorrow back on the ice and of course a game day and then Saturday the big day season ticket holder appreciation game Dale Howard Chuck statue unveiling night and uh, Saturday night against the Edmonton Oilers coming up uh, for that let's get to the why not question of the day though um, because we're now into camp a few days we've now had the first preseason game and I guess focusing on last night's preseason game for the why not question of the day uh, interested to get your take on on the winners and losers from last night's game. We've heard a lot about competition, competition for spots, especially on the blue line. Um, did not start well for Logan Stanley last night, uh, but who stood out to you in a positive way? And were there any players that were sort of left you wanting more? Hit us up in the comments. Uh, leave us the uh, your answer to the why not question of the day. And of course, if you're with us live, you can also do that in the chat as well. Um, I don't try not to take too much from these exhibition games, Remo, especially the first couple with a very young lineup. Sort of more looking to see guys that sort of stand out. Uh, but we did get a chance to see Big Save Dave for the first time in a Jet jersey. And um, as I mentioned, Logan Stanley is a player that always somewhat stands out because of just how big he is. Um, but unfortunately for Stan, he stood out the wrong, in the wrong way a couple times last night. And, you know, if, if everything that Rick Bonus has said um, is the plan, 
nights like that are not going to help a young defenseman that is in a real dogfight for playing time and a spot on the roster when you consider Philly Hanel and Dylan Sandberg in the mix, uh, as well as Capobianco, who actually looked quite good yesterday, um, you know, to get on the club. Yeah, I got the roster on the screen here. I'm just reading the chat. Um, some comments saying who stood out. Uh, you know, David Riddich giving up four goals. Logan Stanley, you know, the free pizza. I see a free pizza reference in chat uh, on the first one. Took a penalty. Shout Claude Noel. Later, took a penalty later on. But I see some people saying uh, David Gustafson looked like he belonged in the game. And we know the injuries he, you know, had to battle through last year. He's looking to be healthy. And he's got that, uh, you know, fourth line spot uh, penciled in right now so um enjoying all all the comments here and look this was i don't know how much you can take from preseason games like look at this look at this roster it's not exactly a veteran uh lineup you do have a bunch of young guys i mean mcdavid didn't even play for edmonton i read somewhere they had uh, eight preseason games seems like a lot the jets have six um so it's early i don't i don't think you can take you know too much but you know you have some guys, you know, when you're battling for that, seven, you know, sixth, seventh defense spot, um, you know, seeing Logan Stanley have a couple turnovers, you know, penalty after getting burned, uh, certainly not ideal. I know guys we talked about last week who we thought were really big in person, Saku, Manalainen, and Kevin Stanlin looking like, uh, looking, you know, pretty solid yesterday. So, and also who else? I see some people pointing about Johnny Kovacevich. In chat, uh, they like Tim's, so uh, we'll see see what happens with the roster on Tuesday against the off-season champions. Who knows who they're going to bring in? But I'm, you know, I don't think you can overreact. I mean, it's, it's fine to come here and overreact, but I think you got to yeah, stay. That's the whole purpose of this uh, of this space: a full fledged overreaction. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for why everything we're here. That happens, <laughs> whatnot, <laughs> and of course in the chat. I'm just looking to see. Uh, Turt Ferguson said the winners: uh, Gus. Melanoma, I believe it's melaninin. That's uh, that must be autocorrect. Yeah, that, that could be autocorrect. Uh, Stenland, Capo Bianco, uh, tough nights for Stanley and Tony Nato last night. I'm with you on Gus. I thought he looked, um, hey, he looked ready. Oh, what can I say? He looks ready for a role in the National Hockey League, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he can do. And Remo, I've got to say, I, I think I am now a Stenny guy. Ever since the Stenny and the Jets uh, signing and the tweet, we've sort of had, we've sort of, but I mean, I got to tell you, watching him throughout camp and last night, um, he certainly stands out with his size and he had some good looks last night. Um, and that's exactly what you want. You'd love to capitalize on them um, more so in the regular season than the preseason. When you're battling for a job, every shift matters. And I'll say this, both out at the Iceplex and on the ice last night, Seems like the Jets have a pretty interesting player in Kevin Stenland, whether he starts with the Manitoba Moose or can be a depth player in Winnipeg. Yeah, he played some NHL time in the past. He's battled through injuries, and I agree. When I was at Iceplex, he was definitely a guy who stood out. He has size. Uh, he did also looked a lot like Blake Wheeler in terms of being, you know, a oh. kind of tall, skinny guy, had the long hair, number not to number twenty six, but number number twenty eight. So. Um, you know, bigger guy, they do need that. So maybe he's a guy who plays. Ken wrote in his column today that maybe Stanny plays more of a depth role. And yeah, the Stanny and, and the Jets tweet from the summer when we're waiting like for something to happen and you're like, kind of like who? But um, seemed to seem to work out, uh, worked out for, for them uh, yesterday. 
Well, we're going to get to it all with uh, Scott Billick on uh, all the Winnipeg Jet topics. A little later on, we will get into the National Football League. Um, some big upsets yesterday, and I'm already hearing you in the chat. I know, Chiefs lost. That was a... Uh, Oh, my God, that stunk. But so did the Bills. Chargers got murdered at home by the Jags. And, uh, oh, man, some big injuries to talk about, particularly with the L.A. Chargers. So we'll get to all that coming up in a few minutes. Um, <clears throat> but listen, just before we bring in Scotty, uh, a big shout-out to our friends at Consolidated Supply, our newest sponsor. Great to have the guys on board. Um, and listen, all of our sponsors are amazing to us. But it's especially great to be connected with people that love the show, that listen to the show every day. And uh, WST, always on with the gang over at the Consolidated Supply. They do so many things. They've been a leader in the golf industry for a long time. But some of the things that they've done for golf courses around Western Canada, they can do for you and your property and your lawn. If you have need irrigation solutions uh, for do-it-yourself for your lawn, to keep your lawn green and lush, they can certainly help you with that and they're also the experts in artificial turf if you've got artificial turf needs or maybe want to put together that dream putting green in your backyard our guy joe at the branch can certainly help you uh golf carts and carts for all sorts of things i mean it's more than just golf i mean they're the club car dealer so if you're thinking about maybe a four passenger a six seater for a business talk to them about it and they can certainly trick yours out as well if you want to step it up heading into next year uh, and they've got hot tubs, outdoor kitchen su uh, supplies as well. Lots of really cool stuff. Pop down and see them online at cte.ca or give Spicy and the guys a visit at 1395 Niagara Road East. That's Consolidated Supply with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Got the gang at Vita Health are ready for the change of seasons. Hey, if you want great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, Pop by one of the seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores, or of course, you can check them online and shop online at myvita.ca. Back to schools here. Stop by any Vita Health store for great school friendly snacks and lunch items, as well as great immunity products like vitamin C and D, and delicious lunch options at the Grab and Go Deli, like Vita Market salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. Vita Health. Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including this newest store at Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And, uh, hey, as the, as the seasons turn, you may be thinking about issues with your garage door. And, well, Wallace and & Wallace has been the experts in the fencing department for years. You've seen their trucks and fences all around the city. You might not know that Wallace & Wallace is also a leader in garage doors, working with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. And despite supply chain issues, you can still get a beautiful new garage door delivered and installed within four weeks, just in time for back to school, hockey tryouts, dance recitals, and the like. And hey, a new garage door can also add up to 4% to the value of your home. There's 161 styles to choose from, so definitely a style that's right for your home. Pop down and visit them online if you'd like at wallacedoors.com or give them a call or pop down and see their showroom over on Lawson Road. And a big cheers to our friends at Aikens Lake. We're finishing up their biggest season ever. If you are thinking about an amazing fly-in fishing experience in the province where you can be on the lake in less than two hours after a flight from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens Lake is the spot. As great as the fishing is, the people and the hospitality even better. Find out more online, AkinsLake.com, or on all the social media channels at Aikens Lake. All right, let's talk some Jets and welcome in 
Scott Billick to the program. Scotty, how was your weekend? How are you feeling right now? I hear you were. Uh, I hear you were on the uh, the IR. Yeah, COVID's uh, COVID's not fun. So uh, no, I'm doing better now. Uh, not testing positive. Uh, very no real. A little bit of a lingering cough, but that's it. So yeah, no, I'm fine. Kind of missed a couple days of camp. Got the rundown from some people. Um, listened to all this stuff. Watched the game last night. Can we stop just for one second, though? I want the case. You said you don't want to talk about the NFL later. You probably won't talk about it with me. But all the people getting after oh Brady lost last night. He's 45. He led one of the <laughs> toughest plays in football is to run the two minute drill in the last two in the last that was a clinic. Game. That was a clinic. It was a clinic. I you know yeah he didn't get the two point convert. The game was garbage to begin with. It wasn't a great game. But let let's just stop hating on Tom Brady. He's 45. He's the best quarterback to ever do it, and he led a two-minute drill against the Packers. In the thing, I just, I, it's, it's ridiculous. So, anyways, I'm, hey, that's all I'm going to say. Congratulations to Tom Brady for putting up 12 points. That was great. And um, no, listen, I will say this: as a guy that has like Mike Evans, who is suspended, part of the reason why I was on the Packers, not that I think the Packers are a better team than the Bucks, nor do I think that Aaron Rodgers is clearly better than Tom Brady. I, they were just devastated injury wise, and yeah. it sort of had a real tough spot game. Also, but yeah, I mean, it was an exciting finish. Us, eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. We may have to get a little sidewager on that. Both teams coming <laughs> off losses. Some some really good teams took L's. Uh, very interesting yeah. in the National Football League going forward. But let's get to the Jets. Yeah. Now, listen, before we get to the game last night. We finally got the answer yeah. that I don't know how many times you've been asked. Uh, it, the, the amount of times in this chat and on social media, who is the Jets play-by-play going to be? It wasn't a very well-kept secret, but the fact that it was Dan Robertson himself introducing himself on the broadcast, I think caught some people by surprise. You knew there was going to be someone in the booth, uh, but man, it may have taken a while for people to find out, uh, but from all accounts, we've got an incredible broadcaster and maybe an even better guy. Yeah, it's almost like TSN, you know, lets people know about their hires like they do about when they close up a ra- local radio station, eh? Um, but uh, <laughs> ten minutes before, I, I don't want. I don't want to. <laughs> Anyways, no, I, I, I don't want to say anything because I mean, you know, I, I don't know what Dan. I, I, I don't know the process, right? I mean, obviously, we knew it was Dan a few days ago. Um, he was there at the rink on, on Saturday, I believe it was. Uh, um, and, and you, you kind of put, just put two and two together. It was kind of obvious, but you know, it, it, I, I think it just does him a disservice. I don't want to speak for Dan because I don't know what he thinks kind of about it. Um, and, and so I, I don't think, I mean, Dan's a very nice guy. If you've ever talked to the guy, humble as it becomes no ego there. So I'm guessing for him, wasn't that big of a deal for him. Um, the way he did it, he got to introduce himself, whatever. I, I just think it shows a lack of commitment to the market. I mean, if anything, right? I mean, this is a market that really cares about the voice of the Jets, uh, very cares about the, the TV side of it. Um, you know, they should have said something. But at the same time, whatever, game went on. I thought the call was great. I thought he had good interplay with Kevin already off the bat. Um, let's not, you know, forget Dan just arrived in the city on Saturday. Uh, he's got family at home. He's from Trenton, Nova Scotia. Um, they've been hit hard by the, the hurricane there. I think it's Hurricane Sandy, I think is the name. No, not Fiona, Sandy. Fiona. Fiona, that's the one. Sandy was the other one. Um, but, yeah, they've been hit by by that. So he's been worried about his family and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's been a tough time for, for Dan, too, I believe. Just, you know, on, on the personal level, just trying to get through that. I believe he had COVID, too, not too long ago as well. So he's been coming through that. 
But whatever. I thought he had had a great game last night. I mean, you know, he didn't get to call a goal, which I thought was kind of a bit of a robbery for him. Like, at least, you know, let's get there, get to hear his R's. If you ever heard about Dan Robertson, he's got that 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 maritime twang in his voice. So he, the, the R's are very uh, Boston Bostony, I suppose. Uh, um, how how he how he kind of pronounces them. So um, I think Mark, Michael Farber from Spora, from uh, well, well, TSN and, and other places kind of. Has poke fun to him for that too, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I, th- I thought he, I thought he called a good game. Um, you know, he's coming over from radio. He's got plenty of experience, six hundred plus games, calling Habs game, been to the Stanley Cup final, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think, I think Jets fans. I, mean, I don't think Dan Robertson's trying to replace Dennis Beck. I think Dan Robertson is trying to be Dan Robertson, and it might take some time for people to get and get used to him. But I think his <clears throat> his depth of calling a game is really good. And I think that's the thing that people kind of, um, you know, appreciate, you know, once they kind of get used to seeing a new guy on TV and oh, listening for to sure. a new guy, right? I, I mean, so. no different than, um, <clears throat> yeah. you know, obviously DT coming in and filling Bob right. Irving, who had been, yeah. you know, synonymous with Blue Bomber football. Dennis Bayak's been synonymous with the Winnipeg Jets since the puck dropped yeah. on the 2.0 era back in 2011. Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, and I won't go into some of the other names that we'd heard rumored around. This is a huge win for the Winnipeg Jets, for Winnipeg Jet fans. And um, really excited to, to talk to, to Dan um, as well as hear his calls and hopefully a couple of goals tomorrow at uh, yeah. at Canada Life Centre with the Jets' first home preseason game. Um, as far as last night's game goes, Scott, um, Listen again. We just kind of went over this. I mean, you can't get too tied up in the results of preseason game number one. That being said, um, there's limited opportunities for these players, especially the younger players that are trying to impress or maybe barge into the conversation for the big club. Um, so it was important for a lot of individuals last night. Not as much maybe the regulars, um, but starting off with Logan Stanley. You know, we've heard about the level of competition on the blue line. We know what the numbers are right now. And I got to say, if Big Stan wants to be on the <laughs> roster and in that lineup, I'm definitely going to have to tighten it up. T- tighten it up. Um, he had a rough start to the game last night, and um, it didn't get much better for the big guy. Yeah, I mean, a free pizza right in front of the Pizza 73 sign and they're out there in Edmonton. <laughs> I thought I thought that was perfect, right? I mean, Pizza 73, if the listeners don't know, it's kind of the Alberta's kind of, Two 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 like a pizza hotline essentially. Yeah. Um. It's it's better than pizza hotline if we're being honest. But maybe that's just because I you know I've had way too much pizza hotline and not enough pizza seventy three. But either way, this isn't an ad for either of those places. It's just I thought it was funny that he kind of kind of just gave it away a free one right there. And it it wasn't that that like I mean essentially that's that that's the giveaway that led to the goal. I mean it was what forty seconds into the game, I think forty one when he scored when uh, I think it was Nima Linen. Uh, if that, if I'm saying it right, that that scored the first goal there. Um, but yeah, you know that's a tough game for Logan Stanley. You know, you expect the veterans to come into the game, the guys that have played NHL games, to come to the game and be ready, regardless of how long it's been since they played or all that stuff. You just expect a different level, right? Um, you know, I, I get there. There's also the the part of it too, because people are on Pierre Luc Dubois saying he didn't have a great game last night. I think there's guys like that too, and maybe Logan Stanley fits into this uh, category as well. Guys just don't want to get injured either. Um, not a lot of guys, you know, veterans. Uh, but uh, Logan Stanley's not much of a veteran either. I mean, that's the other thing. Like he's got to make Logan, this team, right? I mean, Logan Stanley. Like he's in a, in a very different situation yeah, exactly. than Pierre Luc Dubois right now going into right. this year. Exactly right, and so he didn't stand out in a, in a good way. I mean, you know, I had one person 
tweeted me, yeah, he stopped a backdoor play, sure. But he also gave up the goal in the game that stood as the game winner. And this is the problem with Logan Stanley, is that, that his defensive game has never been, you know, uh, adequate enough for this team. And, you know, we can talk all we want about team defense and that sort of thing. I thought other guys, like I thought Declan Chisholm and, and, and Kyle Ca- Capobianco, those two were, last night were the guys that stood out. I mean, I saw a Capobianco who's played almost as many games, I think, as Stanley has, who looked like he understood what, what Rick Bonus was trying is trying to accomplish here, getting up in plays, being being uh, being the, the defenseman. Uh, our D are coming is the uh, is, is is the phrasing <laughs> of that that horrible phrasing. Uh, but but I thought he kind of went and 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 did those things, Kyle uh, Capobianco. So and same with Declan Chisholm and even Leon Guanca. I know Leon Guanca got a little bit of or Gavanka, got a little bit of hate at the end in the third period there. He was gassed at the end of that shift and kind of got picked by the referees or the linesmen there. So that's a tough one for Guanca. But, you know, I thought those guys showed a lot better than Logan Stanley. Again, I think there should be a certain level that Logan Stanley is supposed to be at, and I don't think he was there last night. Um, I think it bodes well tomorrow if we're going to see Heinola or Samberg or any of those guys. I mean, this is their opportunity. Like, this is the thing. These guys got to take their opportunities. I thought Kevin Stenlin played a great game last night. I mean, you guys were talking about it a little bit before, um, and 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 he seemed to be. I uh, you know I wrote to Blake Wheeler light. You know, kind of a young Blake Wheeler light because he's a lot better than Blake Wheeler does now. Um, but again, you know, for Kevin Stenlin too. I, I mean, at some point you also need to score, right? And get that nice open shot in the slot. Uh, kind of put high and wide. There's all these types of things, and I mean, we're, we're looking at one game here. I thought Kevin Stenlin now has a good base of what, you know, Rick Bonus can look at, and this is how this guy plays. I thought that whole line was really good last night with, uh, I think it's Melanin, uh, if I'm not saying it wrong, Melanin, something like that. This goes uh, with the, Saku. Saku. He's Saku, the only yeah, Saku on the team. Right, for sure, yeah. His, so his, 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 his last name is being autocorrected to Melanoma <laughs> in the chat right now. So we can just go with Saku, <laughs> big number eight. He, he is a big – both of those dudes Those are big are, dudes. They right? really are. I mean, we were like, talking about how Stenlin sort of stood yeah. out, and, you know, he created and was there. I mean, obviously you'd want to they finish, as you just mentioned. Yeah. But they were they were all over it, and I got to tell you, I mean, I Metalinen sort of stuck out to me in training camp in the first couple of practices, and it seemed like Rick Bonus was playing close attention to Metalinen because there was a number of a couple of occasions where he went in, was talking to him about some, uh, you know, it was basically some teaching moments with a new player to the organization. So I thought those guys acquitted themselves very yeah. well, and let's face it, I mean, the opportunity is there in the bottom six for a guy to show up and earn a job. The blue line is different. And I'll say this, even if you think, and I'm not suggesting that this was the case, but even if you want to have the take that Logan Stanley was the incumbent and had to be beaten out for that six spot on the blue line, um, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, (laughs) early on in camp and last night, He's opened the door a little bit for, uh, for some of the other yes. younger players that are looking for these opportunities. It's going to be on him to make the most of the next time he comes back into the lineup to be better. But it also makes for a very interesting lineup tomorrow at home for the Winnipeg Jets. And how Dylan Sandberg, how Vili Hainala, and those young players acquit themselves when they do get the opportunity to take the ice uh, wearing the jersey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this you know, so Logan Stanley has a bad game. Well, I mean, those the other two that you just mentioned there, Hainal and, and 
in December, they could come out and have bad games too, and we're back kind of at square one, right? Um, I, I don't expect that to be the case um, um, for either of those guys because I think there's a lot riding on for these guys. I think both these guys want to play in the NHL, and I don't think that's the case. I, I don't think that's not the case for Logan Stanley. I think he wants to do it too. I just think, you know, uh, th- there, there's more upside for the other two, and, and you know, it'd be interesting. We're learning a lot about Rick Bonas, kind of how he wants to play his guys, how he wants his guys to play. Um, and, you know, if you think of like a guy like Vilia, not not the biggest guy in the world in terms of his stature, but a guy that that's willing to move up and press up the ice and 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 kind of get to that forty goals from defenseman goal that Bonus wants. I mean, it seems like he's like the guy that you'd exactly. That's exactly the guy that you'd want on this team. There are the defensive deficiencies for Vili too. I mean, we saw it against the Flyers. I, I have a bit of a different opinion on that Flyers play. Um, but what, regardless, I mean, that's sort of the way. That, that he's perceived, right? He's all offense um, and not so much defense and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, maybe a Sammy Niku kind of in that role. But I think he's way more skilled and, and, and committed than Sammy Niku ever was. So, so yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's pretty, we're, we're really dissecting, you know, game one of a pretty sloppy game in all fairness. It wasn't a great hockey game to watch. And, but, uh, you know, I think you have to, you know, this is the thing for those guys that might be could be the one chance to stand out. The Stenlands, the Melaninans, the uh, the the Christian Reichels. Again, I thought that line was great for the team last night. Um, they they played really well. Uh, so I I think I think again we look at these games as as nothings, but for some of these guys, it's 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 kind of their everything right well, now. And you mentioned their, Reichel. Their, their point. I'm yeah. glad you brought Reichel up because I mean you know we've talked yeah. about Gustafson and you know with the losses of Stastny. And obviously the trade of Andrew Kopp, although we're waiting to see Morgan Barron, who's been out for a little bit at the beginning of camp. Um, the spot's there for Gus to go and grab it. But a player yeah. like Reichel, who had a little bit of an opportunity last year to at least get his feet wet in the National Hockey League, is great. But he's going in with a clean slate like so many other of these guys under the eyes of Rick Bonus. And, mm-hmm. you know, watching that line last <laughs> night, it, it was almost, I mean, you want them to play well together but it was like, who of those guys is going to step up right now and barge into the conversation for a spot on the roster at the beginning of the year? Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, even if it's not that that open-ended roster spot, because you know, some some think that's already set. But I mean, you're still looking at a 13th and 14th forward. Who's the guy that comes up when there's an injury? And then I thought Christian Reichel played well last year. Like, I think we kind of forget how how kind of. Not Cole Perfetti-ish, you know, but but sort of Cole Perfetti-like that Christian Reichel's game is like it's 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 pretty compact. It's it's pretty uh, it, it's tight. It, it, it's a certain game where it, it's just it's a smart game. I, I think that's the way that Christian Reichel. He's not afraid to shoot, which is the other thing with Christian Reichel. He's not afraid to drive the net. Not the biggest guy, but at the same time, I mean, here's a guy that's willing to do the things that I think that Rick Bonus wants. And if you're you're trying to make you know your scoring lines more than just two on this team, which I think they're they're going to try and do this year again, Christian Reichel is a guy that they should look at. So again, Reichels, the the the, the Stenlands, I think you know the guys like that that have just kind of shown up and 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 looked good so far. Again, you you kind of expect a guy like Stenland to do that. He's got like seventy one NHL games under his belt, right? So. Um, but he's come in and showed what he's got to show. Um, you know, he, he's going to go to the net. He's going to hound pucks to the net. They put him on the power play. He, he's good at that. He's a big body in front. I think he played like four, 430 last night on the power play. So they gave him a good look there. 
I mean, these are all things that this guy can do. And, and same thing, you mentioned David Gustafson. I thought he played a great game last night. Again, for a guy who's going to be likely a fourth liner, you know, at least to start his NHL career, as long as he doesn't get injured and all that stuff, I thought he played really well last night. I mean, he drew that one penalty. It was impossible for the Oilers to get the puck. They had sticks wrapped all through him. He, he draws that penalty. You know, that's the type of thing you want to see from David Gustafson. The other thing, you know, you, you just want to see him healthy. That's the only thing. But I think David Gustafson, as more, I don't, I don't think it's a question. He's going to be the, he's going to be the center on this team, starting on the fourth line, and it's well deserved. It's just he, he's had some injury problems. I mean, we talked about it yesterday or on the on the on the broadcast. I mean, like two games, two injuries. I think he played like grand total of like a minute something in a, in, in the NHL last year. But yeah, um, it was like the know, first shift in both yeah, games, both basically. Both games, yeah, exactly. So, but again, I think you know the young, the younger components of this team. We're showing that they can do something. I think it's that's kind of like a again. It's been one game. It's been like four days of camp. Today's an off day, but I think you know, just as a fan, I can imagine just seeing the young um, contingent of this team getting its chances to kind of do what it um, what it can is something that this team. Uh, I think the uh, fans want to see it. I think the team really should be starting to want to see it because this is what they've done. Like. You know, if you can't get people here through free agency and all that kind of stuff, then you start. You got to use the guys that you've drafted and the guys that you've developed. And it's just, it's about time to to see some of that. And you know, we're gonna see how it kind of plays out on the back end. Um, but I think there's still room there too for for guys to really come in and make a mark on this team and become NHL players. You know, in in some cases, finally. Um, you know, like that. So yeah, you know, and just this is back to Stanley for a minute. And- yeah. You know, Kenny's water bottle says being 6'7", teams will give Stanley opportunities <clears throat> to make it until he's like 28 years old and still hasn't. Sure. He's 24, is a year away from starting his prime, but you'd hope for better by now. And, and I guess his situation is so interesting because, as we've talked about, he was a project from the day that he was drafted. Um, yep. And this organization did exactly what they said. They left him in junior for a couple of years. And he played for the Moose for a couple of years and yep. then came up and, you know, became a semi-regular in the league. Um, but here's the thing. There's other players on that path as well. We know about the five veteran defensemen that this team still has under contract. Um, you know, there's nothing is going to be given to him. And now when you bring in Rick Bonus, who may have a very different idea of the benefits of a Logan Stanley it really does put the onus on the player to step up and and stand out ab- above the other competition. And I'll tell you what, I mean, the way he looks in practice and in the, the actual camp over the next little bit, I think is going to be crucial for Logan Stanley. And yep. assuming that he gets back into one of these next couple of games, um, it's absolutely going to be crucial for him to stand out in a positive way um, because you know there are guys that are looking to be doing exactly that, and I wouldn't at all be surprised if we see some of those players tomorrow uh, in, in that in that spot. And there's a far more opportunity. Just the bottom line is for some of the forwards to potentially crack a roster spot or get in than there is on the blue line. Um, <clears throat> so it's going to be fascinating to see how he reacts to this, and certainly once we hear from Rick Bonus over the next couple of days, how this is handled by the head coach. Bottom line is, Scott, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that you know this is all new, there's new systems. They want to give these young yeah. players a good look in these first couple of games, but I do think that they'll probably cut down earlier than they might normally. And, you know, getting into those last two, even three preseason games, 
I think Rick Bonus is going to be working pretty much with what he thinks his opening night lineup is going to be to try to get them some reps together as a team doing what he wants to do before things get real on the 14th of October. Yeah, and he said as much on, on Thursday, even talking about that, that, that exact same thing, right? After three games, I believe is what he said, is he kind of wants to get um, you know, his roster kind of down to what he wants it to look like. Because, as you said, you know, this team, with the veterans just as much as anybody else, are working on um, the exact same system. And there's not a lot of time here to kind of, you know, it, 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 it's a tough balancing act, right? Like, you're trying to juggle evaluation at the same time as um, implementing a new system and trying to get a team ready to be successful within that system at the same time as trying to also see if you have some young talent that can also come into that system and play it well. Um, they're obviously going to play it with the moose. I mean, it's going to be no different. That's how it's going to be because it's the way the Jets are. And you're always going to, you know, any team is always going to have the same systems in the AHL as they do in the NHL because you want your, your players to become up and be, be familiar and adept at that system. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, you know, th- there's not a lot of time to make your mark right now. Um, and so tomorrow night's game, I expect that we see Dylan Samberg and I expect we see Billy as well. Um, that That's the time to make it. I mean, if you want to make a gap, I mean, today's the day you know, you're sitting there at home if you're Billy or Dylan, one of those guys, and, you, and you're like, yeah, I mean, tomorrow i got to go out and bring it. And, and there's no real, uh, uh, there's no two ways about it. That's what i got to do because I can now create, even you know, if I'm one of those guys, you, you're thinking I can now create some separation in Rick Bonus's mind about, hey, I can take this spot. I can do this. Um, I think for Vili, again, he'll he'll have an easier time kind of doing those offensive instincts, but Vili's going to have to show the defensive stuff um, for Rick Bonus. And Rick Bonus said as much, on I believe, on Saturday about that one, quizzed about it. So, And then Dylan Sandberg is going to be more of, you know, is he, Dylan Sandberg's been pretty much a stay-at-home guy in his NHL time here, trying to, you know, and, and part of that too, I think last year was just part of the, what Dave Lowry was asking Dylan Sam to do at that point. So, you know, it's just one of those things where things, Oh, uh, I, I think I'm just hearing Jeff there, but uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, <laughs> I can see him laugh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, and I, I just think, yeah, I, I think these next games, it, it's these two games that are left now for, for some of these young guys to make it. And that'll st- separate whoever's left. I'm sure they'll, they're not just going to break it down to 14 forwards and, or 7D and two goalies or whatever right after game three. There will still be some guys looking to show in those remaining three games. Um, but again, it's going to be who can show it in these three games that can then take the next step in those final three, getting ready into that October 14th game against uh, to start the year. Uh, to to play the uh, New York Rangers there. Hey, just before we go, um, yeah. we saw Big Save Dave, uh, Dave Riddich, make yeah. his uh, first start last night. I thought he was pretty good for the first couple periods, and obviously yeah. things got a little away from the team in that third. Um, but Scott, next couple of games, you spent a lot of time about giving young players opportunities. How do you think things will work in the next couple of games as far as the net goes? Um, because you've got the Finn. You've got Holm and Mikhail Burden. I mean, obviously, those guys are all in the mix for the Manitoba Moose. Yeah. Uh, but without an ECHL affiliate, it's going to be very interesting to see how those goaltenders, you know, acquit themselves in the preseason and what the organization does for the two guys that will be getting the reps with the Moose. Yeah, like I assume, you know, Connor Halbuck gets one game, maybe two, but I'm, I'm guessing just one. But I, I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I mean, if Connor Halbuck's going to play, he's going to play only in the home games. I don't think he's going on the road. 
Um, so, I mean, if you're going to see him, uh, I, I bet he plays Saturday tomorrow. night for the hair. Yeah. The, I, I think the lineup on right. Saturday is going to be maybe the first time we'll see the group together right. as we should expect it for, and, uh, and for the first game. That's game four, right? Because you have the Thursday yep. game in Montreal and then obviously tomorrow night's game is game two against Ottawa. I think you're going to see Arvid home because I think Arvid home has become, you know, you might see burden, but I, I'm, I'm sort of wondering if, if Arvid Holm is now the, the, the next guy in the line. I mean, I think there's Mikhail Burden. I'm not sure he's necessarily going to be the backup for Connor Hellbuck of the future. I, I'm really interested in Arvid Holm. I think they like his size. I think they like the way he moves in the net. I think he's going to get a lot of games, more games for the Moose this year um, to show what he can do um, because of the ECHL issue and that sort of thing, as you said. Um, but you know, are they going to give Dom Divincentis a, a game? Um, I think he deserves one. Um, but again, you know, this is part of this training camp, which is kind of weird because again, it's such a difficult balancing act that you want to see a lot of guys, but you also want to make sure that they're playing well and and and, and that they get some time. But you but you also want to make sure that your that your starters and all that are ready to go. David Riddick probably doesn't need any more games. He probably gets another one anyways. Um, you know, I, I think he played again. I'm trying to be quick here. He played a fine game. He got hung out to dry in the third period, and that's the way it was. Uh, all the all, almost all the goals were, were were just defensive mishaps and breakdowns that that happened. Uh, and it, let's be honest, Dave Rick hasn't played in a while either. So uh, you know, I, I didn't think he was bad. He made 22 or 26 saves. It is what it is. Stuart Skinner was better, but I didn't think the Jets had the same type of chances either. They just weren't giving the puck away the same way. So again, yeah, I, I don't think is. There's any issue with David Riddick yet? Um, you know, you know, again, again, game one. I mean, that's that's all I, you know, I got. Uh, he's say. a it's veteran. I mean, of all and the guys battling yeah. for spots, I mean, the backup goalie position yeah. is not one of those right no. now. Uh, but I, it is going to be interesting, and I think we'll get maybe some tells from the organization over these next couple of exhibition games as to how things might look in the Manitoba Moose net. Scotty, yeah. glad you're feeling better. Thanks for doing this, and uh, look forward to catching up. Uh, later on in training camp with you. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. Good stuff. There is Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Hammers in the green room and ready to go. Uh, before we do that, a big shout out to our friends at Not Auto Corp. Don't forget, why not question of the day? Hit us in the comments. Winners and losers, in your opinion, from the first preseason game last night. And of course, if you're looking for a new vehicle, <clears throat> before you go anywhere, folks, start your search down at Not. Whether you're Looking for a new one or looking to upgrade your current vehicle? Not Autocorp has an incredible selection of vehicles on the lot, including a number of Teslas. They've been the Tesla leader in Winnipeg for a number of years and a great program to teach you all, everything involved in a switch from a traditional vehicle to an electric one. Um, why not get into the car of your dreams and a great price with the help of the knot team and if there's a particular make and model that you've got your heart set on the knot experts will identify it get it here to winnipeg and get you into it at the best possible price not autocorp waverly and mcgillivray and check them out online at knot.ca big shout out to the royal guys um hey hockey season is here royal is the hockey superstore in winnipeg not just 
the greatest selection of licensed merchandise for your favorite teams, both the home teams, Jets, Bombers, and more, and the top teams from around all of your favorite leagues, including European soccer and a great selection of Canada soccer gear getting us ready for the World Cup. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram as well, at Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Well, the new season is here, and we will be doing a suit show to kick things off after uh, some big shows as of late. And I'm looking forward to it because I got suited up from the fellas down at F Apparel. Andrew and his staff was, uh, I mean, the entire process was great, and that is not something that usually is um, up my alley, shall we say. Uh, but they helped me out picking colors, uh, styles, fabrics, uh, and then measured it up. And a few weeks later, got a great new suit that I'll be able to wear throughout this season when needed. Every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom suits begin at just $400. And fellas, if you're in a wedding party or planning on having one, talk to Andrew and the gang about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel. It'll do you far better than doing a rental, blowing all that money and having to take it back on Monday. F Apparel is downtown, 190 Smith Street, and check them out online. That's F-E-P-H-Apparel.com. And a big shout-out to Breezy Bend. I know there's lots of work going on on the new green complex in the 7th and 15th holes. Been a great year at Breezy and looking forward to next year already. If you are looking for a great home for your family at Winnipeg's, one of Winnipeg's top private courses, talk to our good friend Corey Johnson, the GM over at Breezy, about getting on the waiting list for next year. All right, let's get to the hammer. Bring him in. Uh, Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. How was the weekend? Little bomber bye week? Uh, you get get up to anything? Were you back in the garage sailing uh, line on Saturday? No, I wasn't. I feel like that's the weather hasn't the weather hasn't uh, cooperated. Um, actually, it wasn't that bad this weekend, but I was I just had a busy weekend in general. I it was Jets camp this week, as you know. So Friday night Jets. Then Saturday, I went uh, I went to Nuit Blanc. Am I pronouncing that right? I went and no, uh, I went. You aren't Nuit Blanche, no. I believe. Blanche? Is, is it the, Blanche? Yeah. Is the English version? Okay. Um, <laughs> were you performing at one of the art installations, or were you there as a uh, as a as a consumer of the uh, of the art of our beautiful city? I was a consumer. I was a walking piece of art, but I was a consuming <laughs> art at, at, at the time. But I, it was, you know what? It was excellent. I, um, it was really great to see uh, lots of people downtown. You know, I, I haven't Big walked time. around. I haven't walked around downtown the way I did on Saturday night. I would argue in ever. And you know, I, you know, as a proud Winnipegger, I say this with the utmost respect. I felt like I was in a different city. You know, it felt like a lot of the places I, I you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to visit. You know, Montreal, places like Toronto, where, where you know, walking around downtown with with mass groups is kind of, you know, the norm. Whereas we, we know in Winnipeg, there's some great spots downtown. There's no doubt about it. The exchange is awesome. And there's certainly a great restaurant scene, but very rarely do I find myself in packs. And um, on top of that, the weather cooperated. So that was awesome. And then Sunday was Winnipeg. I got, I got a chance to, to, to take in the rifles mm. game. Um, you know, on, on, on TV, I wasn't at IG because I had to cover uh, the Jets game later on that evening. But that was an ultimate uh, sports day that didn't count Bombers. So, well, you know, Winnipeg had the, the Bombers had the week off. Other teams didn't. And uh, coincidentally, n- neither did I. <laughs> uh, there was some great football going on with the Bombers on the bye. You mentioned that right, Rifles game. Tough loss for, uh, for Winnipeg. Um, and a big win 
for the Bisons in their homecoming game. Mm. Um, now getting to two and two after a tough start, but high expectations for Brian Doby's squad. And looked like a great turnout of alumni for a big brunch beforehand. Great to see the Bisons um, doing some good things and getting back into it after a bit of a, a tough start. We'll Absolutely. talk Bombers for a little bit at the end, but let's focus in on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, mm. The biggest question, as we talked about off the top of the show, for fans, was who the heck's going to be calling these games? We found that out. Dan Robertson here. I think Winnipeg Jet fans are going to really, really enjoy his calls. Um, by all accounts, um, as good of a guy as he is a broadcaster, and um, that is high praise. But as far as the game last night goes, um, uh, Jeff, as we were just talking with Scott, um, you know, this is this is very competitive business, and there's limited opportunities for some spots on that roster. And, you know, for players like up front, like Menelainen and Stenland, I think they really wanted to get a look at those guys. But on the blue line, starting with a guy like Logan Stanley, um, these are there's there is there has to be a real sense of urgency to stand out and show this new coach that you belong. Because as we mentioned, you know, you're going to get down to the final three exhibition games out of a six game schedule. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rick bonus is going to start leaning on what he believes is going to be his roster for opening night. And um, that's putting guys that are somewhat on the bubble, especially on the blue line in situations where you got to make the most of your opportunities. And uh, for the big guy last night, that did not really happen. I appreciate you uh, not asking my opinion about the Dan Robertson late announcement. I had practiced my rant in the mirror, so I won't, uh, I won't do that. But uh, I mean, but you know, great, great call. Great person. I haven't had a chance to meet him, but great call for sure. I thought he had a great debut. Um, but yeah, I think you're bang on. I mean, I, I, I think if you look at camp and the way it's scheduled, I think they have maybe one, maybe two more games before I think the plan is to, to chop it down to, to single sessions into a, a much more manageable group. And I think, when you look at last night's game, I mean, geez, like how, what a snooze fest, right? I mean, how, how can you really say who looked good in a four, nothing loss um, where they didn't score goals? They didn't really generate much. Offense. It was still better than the football game last night too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's true. That was the, that was kind of the, the blessing in disguise was having to cover that game and then, and then do work afterwards. So I didn't, I, I didn't have a chance to watch as much as the NFL game, but I thought Consider that you yourself know, I, lucky. You know what? It's interesting. I think everybody's in a tough situation, right? I mean, not just the new guys, particularly the new guys, but e even the veterans. I mean, they all need to, there needs to be, there's going to be some massive discipline here um, in, in, in preseason to the degrees that we've never seen this club. Because a lot of the times, yeah, you want to institute, you know, um, your systems or you want to perfect them. You know, we've obviously had Paul Maurice for years prior to this season. So it was kind of a, a familiar setting uh, for everyone. And this year is completely different. It's way more attention to detail. You know, they're asking them to do way more um, listening, if you will, uh, you know, and, and, and focusing and studying and implementing of new systems. So when, when you have not just the, the, you know, the tall task of trying to make an impression, if you're a depth guy, you also have the, you also have to play within the system. Because I think that is probably more important than the guy who scores a goal or two goals, right? I mean, that's that's what we tend to do. We tend to look at, okay, well, who's on the score sheet? Who's generating, you know, who's generating energy? Who's Who seems to be standing out on, on different shifts? And I'm not suggesting that's not important, but I think what Rick Bonus is looking at is who's picked up what he's been teaching the last three days and who's using it because <laughs> – you know, because if you if you make a play that seems smart to to you and I or anyone else watching the game, but it's not within the system that he's demanding 
in training camp and what he'll be demanding for the regular season, you might not have you might not have had as good a game as as you thought. So I think that definitely led to the sloppiness beyond the fact that it was the first preseason game, which is always an ugly one to watch, particularly on the road and particularly within an experienced lineup. But at this point in time, I mean. That's just a lot to ask, but that's the situation the Jets find themselves in. And if they want to be successful this year, and if the bonus effect is really going to have what I think many fans are hoping to with a with a pretty much identical roster, if not worse roster than last season, you know, we're going to have a pretty painful painful preseason of watching here because it's going to be less about the, the the victories and wins and more about making sure you're on your P's and Q's when it comes to all zones, all new systems, all of which are being introduced just this past week. No, it, it is a great point, Jeff. And, um, you know, I think we'll probably see some more of the younger players that will be challenging for spots or trying to get into that mix or on the radar in tomorrow's home game. You'll probably see a last chance for a few of the players before the Moose Open camp in Montreal on Thursday. And like I mentioned to Scott, I mean, I'm sort of expecting that we'll see a close to opening day lineup on Saturday night. And I think part of that also is what the Jets are doing, a season ticket holder appreciation game, all the special guests coming in for the Howard Chuck statue unveiling. That'll be a night that they really do want to put their best foot forward. But from Rick Bonus's perspective, after that, you've only got two more games. And I think it would make a lot of sense to basically roll out the lineup that, you know, he's going to expect to go at it with the New York Rangers on the 14th of October in those games to really reinforce some of the things that he's been going through in practice and give them as a group some game some uh, some game experience together in a very different way than maybe we'd seen in the past absolutely i mean i like i would almost say it's not if it's definitely like they definitely have to do that that's the and i think that makes some of the some of the decisions both unfortunate for some guys and easy for others because i think what you're you know ultimately you're going to go with a more experienced group you're going to go with a group that you know you can trust to implement those systems that can stay disciplined that can play within them but i also think at the same time you're also finding out who fits and who doesn't because this one this is where i think it's a little bit i think this is the biggest question heading into the season is this team built mentally for this system. I think physically they're built for this system, right? They're a strong skating team. That's what we've heard Rick Bonus say throughout camp and really since he arrived, is that this is a quick skating team, a strong skating team, a fast team. All of those things are true. What's been difficult for this club, particularly under Systems of Maurice and then Dave Lowry, is the mental side, where giving up on a certain system and going back to your own, your own way of playing or your own instincts this is going to involve a massive commitment, a massive commitment from the beginning. And, 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 and it's going to have to be everyone pulling in the same direction. So you can't really, can't really do both, you know, assess the younger guys, give them, you know, Rick Bones is saying we're going to give everybody a good look. I don't know if that's possible, you know, with, with what they want to do, because you need to be getting everybody involved uh, or sorry, you need to get the group that you know is going to going to be, um, fighting for positions or earning positions, a great opportunity to learn the systems, to get them down packed, to make the mistakes that they're inevitably going to make during preseason in which they can't make come October 14th, the New York Rangers. This team cannot afford 
a slow start to the season. They can't, you know, can't have these growing pains. Now there's going to be some to be sure, but that's the goal I think of this training camp is to minimize those as much as possible heading into that first game. Cause again, this is a tough division they're in, you know, it's a, you know, this is a lot to ask of them. And I wonder if this team has the ability to stay true to this system, if they, you know, because you're going to have to buy in as much to the system as you are to the man in this situation, because Rick Bonus's biggest job is to convince everybody that this is winning hockey, that this is going to, you know, to be the recipe for a turnaround. And what I, what I think has been the knock on this club for years is when things don't go well, or when things go off the rails, it rains, it pours with this group. So I think that's going to be the big thing here is that this team needs to remain committed to it. They need to go through these growing pains. And the unfortunate part is if you're not fighting for the sixth, seventh, eighth spot on defense or the 13th, 14th spot on forward, there's really no time or patience to, to hold your hand when there are other guys who also need to learn it. They're going to have a much bigger role with this team moving into, into October. Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, as uh, Rob Mahoney just said, Jeff hits the nail on the head. It takes commitment to sustain that aggressive check for 60 minutes. And, you know, I, I think it will also test the fortitude or the will of the club um, and how much they've been bu buying in because, let's face it, nothing's guaranteed. They do have a pretty tough schedule right out of the gate. And if the results are, if the results are there, it's easy to continue to, okay, guys, see, this is working. Let's go forward. What will be interesting, and hopefully this doesn't happen, but if they do have a tough start and they're struggling with some of these things that Rick is implementing, um, the ability to stay focused and continue to do it, um, you know, will be a big test of, I think, a lot of the personnel on this hockey club um, because there's no guarantees that if you make these changes and you buy and you play that way, that you're going to get wins right out of the gate. You know, we keep hearing that this room is tighter than people suggest that the the guys all like each other that 14 you know guys went to josh morrissey's wedding and you know there's the banth trip coming up here and all that stuff i mean it takes a lot i mean that, that commitment is massive it's massive it's a commitment not just to you know not just to the systems it's a commitment as much as anything to one another in that locker room that it's not about individual stats it's not about individual you know um, points and, and, and production. Cause guess what? There's a handful of guys here. that are going to be looking for a new contract in a year's time. And they're going to be asked to play a, a you know, a, a style of game that they might not a like and B certainly aren't used to. So if you can convince all those guys, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think Pierre-Luc Dubois played last game. Like I was thinking to myself, you know, as I'm making these lists of observations, I'm thinking, Holy smokes, this guy seems really disinterested on some shifts. And then I'm kind of like, why is he playing in this game? You know, like <laughs> what, what, what is happening here? And I don't put a lot of stock into some of that, but the commitment needs to start now. If you can't, if you're asked to play a, an aggressive style of hockey where it's A to B, back and forth, quick transition, you know, really aggressive team, you have to, you have to be a start and stop hockey team. And those are hockey fundamentals. That's the reality of the situation here. If you're going to play this kind of system, you need to be you need to be sure that your hockey fundamentals are down pat. Because if you're not playing within that structure, you've already lost out on this. Because it, again, we've seen this before. I mean, Paul Maurice tried to implement a very similar style to this team a few years ago, with being like everyone doesn't need to finish their body checks, but everyone needs to be on the puck you know, equally. And, and, and that just never came to fruition. That just never happened. And Connor Hellebuck, you know, 
definitely covered off a lot of those blemishes. Um, but really, over the last couple of years, this team's been asked to play defensive hockey. They just haven't listened or been as committed to it as they need to be to, to execute it. And I'm wondering, really, you know, and all the early signs are there, right? Everyone's there to learn. Everyone, you know, it's a new environment. And, and you can feel it. There certainly is that element where everybody feels like everyone's coming in to learn a new thing. It's exciting. How exciting that will be in a few weeks or more importantly, a couple months, I think we'll tell the tale of this team. And it starts at camp and leads into, the obviously, the regular season come October 14th. No, it's a great point. Jeff Hamilton's with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, give us a sub, folks, if you haven't already. Hit that red subscribe button. Make sure you're joining us daily live on YouTube at 1 o'clock p.m. And, of course, if you're subscribed and you missed the live show, just pop into YouTube afterwards and the freshest Winnipeg Sports Talk content will be there. And, of course, for the audio listeners, um, you can also get Winnipeg Sports Talk fresh every day just in time for your drive home by getting uh, the subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Um, Hammer, you mentioned Dubois, and it's funny that you brought that up. I mean, uh, you know, he was the the one vet that sort of made the trip. Mason Appleton, Dylan DeMello, there are rules that, you know, you have to have X amount of NHL players with a certain amount of NHL experience. Um I don't know if we should take anything from the fact that he was the guy that's, you know, kind of being one of the veterans that has to make the trip going going forward. But, you know, a lot's been made of, you know, what happened in the offseason. Um, he's certainly downplayed it and said all the right things and seemingly has been buying into being a Winnipeg Jet and being a part of it. But what do you make of just his, I mean, because he's so important to the club. I mean, they're going to need some serious production out of that number two line, even if he's not playing with Kyle Connor. And um, and then, of course, there's the question about what happens at the end of this year. How do you think see things going for Dubois? And just comment on his situation because of how important he is to this club, not to mention the assets that were given to acquire Mr. PLD. Look, I don't take any stock into yesterday's. And maybe, you know, I mean, maybe you'd like to see him try a little bit harder on some of those shifts. I think that his inclusion in that, in that, uh, in that game had everything to do with playing alongside uh, Cole Perfetti. Yeah. I think there, I think that's why he went there. I think this is a guy who needs to continue to gel with him. They're going to be playing on a line with Blake Wheeler. So there, there needs to be that chemistry. I thought that I even wrote about it. You know, I, I wasn't about to praise Pierre-Luc Dubois game, but I thought there certainly was some chemistry between him and, and Perfetti yesterday, just from a space uh, dynamic. Like, you know, they, they seem to know where each other were. They seem to, you know, um, create space for each other with the puck. And so those were like, again, minor, minor pluses, positives from it. But I think, look, I don't take any stock into the shift last, yeah, or his game yesterday because I take stock into his season last year. I mean, this is a guy who cared more than anybody. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, there certainly was consistency issues over time. I think he'd be the first person to admit that. Um, it wasn't a perfect season, but it sure as hell was a better season than a lot of players on this team. And, you know, from from a number of different standpoints, from a, you know, a give a shit meter, sorry, to, uh, to you know, from a guy who was accountable afterwards, who said the right things, you know, this guy cares. And, you know, as far as his contract stalemate uh, situation, you know, over the summer and the potential for him to leave, I mean, do you blame him? I mean, did you, did you blame him to, do you blame him? Uh, for for not wanting to commit to a team that was in such disarray. I mean, everybody wants to win, you know, a Stanley Cup. That's why you play this game. And and I think at the end of the day, 
you know, he looked into what was an opportunity for him to sign a long-term contract with a team that didn't have a coaching staff with a, with a group of, you know, with a group that stripped their captain of the sea and has a new leadership group, you know? So I don't really take much into that because I think if, if things can, you know, at the end of the day, hockey's a business and you need to do what's right for yourself. You need to do what's right for your family. Of course, fans here in Winnipeg want him to stand up and say, Hey, I want to be here for, you know, for a decade, you know, or I want to, you know, I want to, I want to end my career here and Winnipeg's great. I think he likes Winnipeg. You know, I think he, I don't, I don't think he has a problem with the players. I don't think he has a problem with the organization. I don't think he has a problem with the city. I think he has a problem with the direction of the team. And for him to take a wait and see approach is exactly what, you know, the, the PA barters for and their, their collective bargain and their CBAs. So, you know, again, you want him to not really play some of the off season antics, you know, have his, you know, um, you know, have his agent say, you know, or, or suggest that he'd be interested in going to Montreal. Guess what? Everybody from Quebec wants to play for Montreal and everybody not from Quebec also wants to play for Montreal. They just don't, uh, they're a little <laughs> bit smarter with, uh, with, with, with what they say to their agents in the offseason. Now, anyway, it's a long roundabout way of saying I'm not concerned about Pierre Dubois. And I think at the very least, there's that motivation for a bunch of guys, right? I, I, you mentioned Mark Shifley, Pierre Dubois, you know, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, they're all they all have a couple of years left on their on on their contracts, and they're all going to be motivated to play strong hockey. Uh, the question is 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 their motivation going to be team, or is their motivation going to be individual? And you can hear guys say over and over and over again that if you're winning as a team, everybody gets paid. Yeah, that's true. But if they aren't winning, then that that that, that argument's thrown out the window. So I don't think I think it's going to be a real test for a fair amount of guys here some of the guys we've heard you know who had a bit of drama over the summer they're all saying the right thing they all seem committed i'll be curious what the situation is here as we do our weekly talk in about six weeks uh where this team is at and, and maybe you know six months in particular and how well this worked because if you can if they're willing to put the team ahead of everything and, and you're going to keep them to their word then it's a pretty good situation right now. If it reverts back to individual stuff, it reverts back to, you know, back to being a business, back to getting the best deal possible, because we all know goals make, you know, add zeros on paychecks. This is a big, big test for a lot of guys, ultimately for the Winnipeg Jets organization to navigate through the season. Yeah, we're going to hear from a few of the Winnipeg Jets, including Adam Lowry in a few minutes once we're finished with Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press here with us. Yeah, just to, to finish on that, part of me from... You know, listening to what Pierre-Luc Dubois had to say on a number of occasions coming out of this summer into now, like, I, I'm 100% with you. I think it was so miserable at the end of the season. It was such a disappointing year. I mean, I don't know anyone that would have been like, yeah, sign me up for eight more years of that. Um, but listen, yeah, exactly. I think I, I do think that, you know, he's just sort of out there at, at some point. I don't know if there's a better way that I can put it like that. But I think that if he has a great year and the team rebounds and – it's fun to play here and you know, all of those things that, you know, hopefully can turn around under Rick bonus. Although it's a lot to put on the coach's shoulders, make no mistake about it. Um, you know, I think that maybe we're having a different conversation about Pierre-Luc Dubois at the end of this season and into next season. Bottom line is if he's not going to be here long-term um, they're going to need to move him because Patrick line is in Columbus. He's going to be scoring goals there for the next four seasons. Um, you know, for the Jets to lose a player like that, that they traded Line A to get for nothing, um, 
would be an absolute disaster and certainly would be a real black mark on the general manager and management. So, um, but bottom line is right now, he's going to have every opportunity to be a big, big part of this operation right now, playing with Cole Perfetti and Blake Wheeler. And that is a very, very important role for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, if they're going to go with Shifley, Ehlers and Connor as a clear cut number one line, uh, you know, those matchups, but also defensively, you know, on the road, uh, you know, that group is going to have a lot on their shoulders and be interesting to see how Cole Perfetti can handle it uh, and hopefully stay healthy. And then, of course, there's Blake Wheeler, who I got to give credit to. I think, you know, since the announcement on that Friday, um, you know, he has certainly participated. He seemingly has had a good attitude. Uh, it was very interesting to hear him on with Stapleton and Nyland sounding different than we've really ever heard Blake before. And, you know, we've talked to last week, Jeff, about how this could go a couple of ways. Um, I think there is a chance that, you know, he's already feeling some of the weight off of his shoulders. And if it can be a liberating thing and he can buy into everything that's going on, he can still help the Winnipeg Jets win hockey games and hopefully allow for some of these other players to to, to really raise their level, both of their role of importance with the Winnipeg Jets, um, like Nikolai Ilyich talked about last week. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, credit to Blake. He's handled it well. Um, you know, he's certainly putting in the work at camp. You can He's one of the guys that's asking, you know, several questions, trying to get a better idea of the systems and, you know, something he's going to teach. I mean, we've already talked about this. He's going to remain a leader within the dressing room. He's going to have he's still going to have influence in there. It's not like he's been, you know, pushed to the back corner of the locker room and nobody's talking to him. Everybody has given him a vote of confidence throughout the week and, you know, and also expressed the, you know, the ability to have more voices in the room. And I think, you know, with more voices, with more opportunities for leadership is more opportunities to hold, you know, each other accountable. When you have more guys, you know, it's not just, you know, a handful of voices, um, you know, doing the doing that kind of uh, work, having to, you know, get through tough situations or, or t you know, adversity and, and all those other things that, that leaders in the team are, are lean to to handle. I think that's an awesome thing for other players to, to, to then, you know, take some of that load away. I mean, we we. We heard Blake Wheeler say it. He, he talked about, you know, the captaincy being a burden, you know, at times. And it certainly is. It's not an easy role. It's not an easy role for, you know, you wonder why, you know, you make comments. And I know a lot of fans didn't love them, um, but he makes comments about being a young team. This is a relatively young team. I mean, even talking to guys like Nick Ehlers, I mean, he does, he's 26. He doesn't feel like 26 years old. He doesn't feel like somebody, you know, he still feels like that young player in the team. And so there's a maturity process that comes with all this. And with maturity comes you know, more, more responsibility and more opportunity. And with those opportunities and responsibilities, it just, with more people feeling like they're a part of it, feeling like they're part of a leadership group, feeling like their voice is being heard, that's going to do wonders, I think, for this, for this group. And it's going to allow guys to, you know, offer what they feel maybe in, in past years they haven't been able to provide and feel at this point ready to do so. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we get from Rick Bonus a lot of the we'll see, right? When he says we'll see, he knows exactly what he's doing. It'll be interesting to see who he who he um, who he appoints as, as the alternate captains. Uh, you know, I think there's probably going to be four. You're probably going to see two, uh, you know, way two, you know, two on the road or whatever, but um, two more that is with including um, – you know, obviously, you know, I don't know if they'll do four in total or, or whatever it's going to be, probably four in total. But you're looking at probably Morrissey and, and Mark Shifley keeping their letters. And who the other two guys, maybe Nick Ehlers, you know, maybe Kyle Connor, maybe, you know, handful of guys could be in that group. Adam Lowry for sure. Adam so Lowry, there's a lot definitely. of options. There's a, there's a lot of options there. And, and so I think that's going to be part of – I think that's part of the decision um, for, for Rick Bonus was not so much – 
you know, not necessarily just, okay, is, you know, Blake being too much of a voice or is there not enough voices as much as it is, okay, we're going to have to get everybody pulling in the right direction as we do these, as, as we install these new systems, let's get more people feeling like they own a piece of it. And so I think that's going to, again, I think that's going to be something that's a positive for this team um, and certainly positive for the locker room and hopefully positive for implementing those systems in all three zones. Great stuff. Uh, hey, Hammer, before we go, let's just quickly transition over to the Bombers. I'm finished out on the bye week. Big win for Calgary. They finally beat a good team after being 0-5 against the Bombers and Lions so far this season. Uh, but the Bombers getting ready for another game against the Riders, who we're seeing their season sort of spiral out of control right now. Um, and we'll see how they bounce back because I know a lot of Bomber fans have can just completely wash two Saturdays ago from their memory banks. Uh, but they got whooped the last time they were out there by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, just thoughts on the Bombers going into this week. And by the way, a quick little update. Um, not practicing today. Still no Greg Ellingson, Drew Olatarski, Jackson Jeffcoat, Demario Houston, and Stanley Bryant. Obviously, we'll get some more clarity from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over the next couple of days as to the status of especially the latter guys on that list. But um, back at it and another one against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who they have uh, owned so far this season. Yeah, you know, it's something something weird about that Hamilton game, you know. It just you know, they I mean, they still had an opportunity to potentially come back in that game, but it just was different than any other games. And even even in the post game um interviews, I felt there was a bit of a difference, almost a bit of a soul-searching situation, right? This team doesn't view themselves at 12 and 2. They view themselves as 1 and 0 or 0 and 1, and you could certainly feel that 0 and 1 feeling um after the game, which I think is a great sign, right? I mean, there certainly was perspective in there and that it was only their second loss of the season and that, you know, credit to Hamilton. I thought they came out, you know, guns blazing and di really didn't let up uh, throughout the game and then, you know, come back this next week and lay an egg against uh, Montreal in the exact same style in which they've lost most of their games. Build up a, you know, a, a front-end lead and then wait till the second half to drop it. And so, you know, I, I got no concern about the Bombers. I said that to you a couple of weeks ago after that game and, um what a what a matchup to uh, to come back to, right? You know they're going to be you know they're going to be motivated. You know they're going to be you know eager to get back into the into the win column and to to, to have the riders at home um, is the perfect motivator, I think, to get back to business and and what will be a very interesting you know final stretch here. I think it's not going to be all that interesting for Winnipeg if they can continue to do what they they're doing, but certainly if you look at you know as you mentioned BC and Calgary, they've had they've had some tight battles. I thought. You know, I, I'm not all that convinced with BC right now. I, I still just don't think they're as, you know, as, as good with Nathan Rourke. Um, but, but Calgary, I mean, that was their first victory against a team with a winning record this year. So um, this is, uh, it's going to be a tight race in the West. And don't, uh, don't count out Toronto over in the East. They're, uh, they're climbing too at eight and five. They laid an absolute whoop into Ottawa, who is desperate. Um, has been desperate pretty much all season. For oh, victories. that was ugly. So, that was ugly, yeah, ugly. Yeah, I mean, that that, one, what that a made... tough season for Lapo. I mean, yeah. And you know, you feel for the guy because, I mean, they made the moves to be a much more competitive team. And you know, when you lose Jeremiah Masoli the way they did earlier on, that really puts you behind the eight ball. But that's happened to a lot of other teams. And I mean, they just simply, I mean, they they got embarrassed on Saturday night. I don't know any other way to say it. Yeah, I mean, they were zero and four with Masoli. I, you know as well and so i mean the two of those losses of course were tight games against winnipeg it was some tough competition to be sure but yeah it just it's got I, it has that weird feeling you know paul lapolis is a great guy great human being but he just it seems like a bit of a dead man walking situation here um i don't know what he can do i don't 
to, to, to keep his job for next season, which is unfortunate, but um, maybe win out. I don't even know if winning out would result in a, it would result in a playoff game. I think, I think Saskatchewan has to win one game, but here's, here's the kicker with Saskatchewan. I think they have four games remaining. Um, Maybe five. I think it's only four, though. And of those four games, it's Winnipeg here. And, you know, a grumpy, angry Winnipeg team at home, which is going to be a tough out, obviously. A desperate Hamilton team the next week at Tim Hortons Field, I believe, as well. And then a back-to-back against Calgary, who will be fighting for that second spot in the West. So that's not an easy slate. So... I'm, it's not dead in the water completely. It doesn't look good for anyone in the East that isn't Montreal and Toronto. Um, but Saskatchewan, they've just been such a tire fire this year and been so inconsistent. It seems like each week a new problem props up, whether it be on the field or off the field. And it's just not a good mojo for them. But um, certainly certainly a fun stretch here. The last month and a bit of, of, uh, of football is always fun to watch. It, it, you know, the races are tight a certain degree and uh we'll see particularly here in winnipeg if the bombers can get back in there in their mode and start planning for what should be another you know deep run into the playoffs and dare i suggest a, a chance at the three-peat so fun stuff up up ahead for the three down game for sure looking forward to it uh, what are you on uh, this week are you doing jets are you doing bombers uh what how busy are you going to be on friday yeah i know you'd normally uh, be front row at wwe smackdown but it happens to be a game night yeah, you know me. I'm, uh, you know, that's uh, that's my thing. So um, I've actually, you know, I went to wrestling in in uh, Tampa Bay a few years back and had a great time. But I didn't like live. I didn't like live because um, you don't have the play by play. So it just feels like you're in a, a room with a bunch of, uh, I don't know, wrestling fans. <laughs> don't know what, yeah, there you go, wrestling fans. I think that sums it up. Um, which is great atmosphere, but whatever. But lucky I had Bucky over, a former, you know, used to be old producer at TSN for Jets games. He was with me, so he kind of gave me the play-by-play. But I, no, I love wrestling, but that was my kid years. But this, for me, I think it's a blend of both. I'm, I'm covering Bombers for sure. and be covering that game, uh, you know, against the Riders this week. We'll be dipping into Jets and kind of my... I don't really have a non-busy time, but this is uh, particularly busy as we get into next month, jumping from uh, you know road trips with the Jets and then road trips with the Bombers and, and just doing a, a full coverage of uh, the local pro teams. Well, great stuff, dude. I will look forward to seeing you down at the rink and uh, obviously looking forward to our next chat here on WSD. Thanks for doing this. Always a pleasure. And as usual, as always, rather, uh, thanks to the commenters. Keep it up. There is Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Now, we do have some audio we'll hear from Rick Bonus, uh, Sam Gagne, and maybe a little bit of Brendan Dillon and Adam Lowry. Uh, but before we do that, big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. Of course, we were just mentioning the game coming up on Friday. If you're heading down to the game, make sure you get there early and take in the Princess Auto tailgate zone. It was absolutely bananas there before the Banjo Bowl. Maybe the best preseason atmosphere or best pregame atmosphere I can ever remember around IG Field. And certainly the game delivered as well. Um, So get out there. $5 beers, $3.50 popping hot dogs, DJ Finesse spinning. It is the place to go before the game. And of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Jen Jones and Reed Carruthers. The WST bump lives. We had them on the show couple weeks ago when I was out at Princess Auto and they both took home 50k first prizes out in Fredericton on the weekend at the single elimination shootout so um just great great results for uh, Manitoba teams and of course 
redid it going head-to-head against Maddie Dunstone, another Manitoba team in an all-Manitoba final that's looking real, real good so far. Uh, but big thanks to Princess Auto. That's also the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them in one of two Winnipeg locations or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Uh, our friends at Culligan Water are the water experts and are celebrating over 65 years in business as a family-owned company helping out customers in both Winnipeg and Manitoba. They got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them, 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can call them at 694-5180 or check them out online for everything they can do for your family or your business at drinkculligan.com. Uh Great weekend, and I did manage to enjoy a couple of the uh, ready-to-drink Canadian Club and ginger ales over the course of the last few days. Folks, if you haven't tried it, I know it's not technically summer anymore, uh, but man, this is a great drink. 12 months a year, you don't got the great taste of Canadian Club along with ginger ale. Uh, you don't need to, to mix. You don't need to do anything. Just grab a six-pack at your local beer store uh, and, of course, you can get the great taste of Canadian Club, Canada's favorite whiskey, at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts as well. And both items on sale at IG Field as Canadian Club is the official sponsor of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And Monday Night Football tonight, not quite a barn burner. Um, we'll see. We did a new lock shop earlier today, so you can get our picks for the Monday Nighter there uh, at Lock Shop Bets on Twitter. But... We've got a great deal over at Boston Pizza. Uh, pizza flights available. Ice cold bud draft on special for five bucks every game. You can spin the BP prize wheel for great prizes like Boston Bucks and pizza flights. And you can enter to win one of two grand prize trips for two for an NFL weekend in Vegas, including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. First trip is November 11th to 13th for Raiders Colts and the Golden Knights and Blues. And the second trip, New Year's Eve weekend, Raiders Niners, plus the Golden Knights and the Predators on New Year's Eve. And watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morden, and Portage, Boston Pizza location. Actually going to be heading to uh, another BP tonight outside of my normal ones to hook up with my brother, another buddy, to uh, do a little season ticket splitting up before, of course, the first preseason game at home tomorrow. And by the way, join us on tomorrow's show. We will have a pair of tickets, maybe a couple, to give away to Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners if uh, folks want to get down and check out the action tomorrow. Um, all right, great stuff with Hammer, as well as Scott Billick. Let's get Remo back in here because, uh, Remo, we've got some great clips. I Certainly, we should start off with Rick Bonus, uh, but get to hear one of the newer Winnipeg Jets, Sam Gagne, who had quite a bit to say on the weekend, as well as hear from Brendan Dillon and Adam Lowry, who um, certainly are big central figures of this club moving into the season. Yeah, this is the Meet the Jets part of training camp. A bunch of guys coming, speaking. For the first time, and uh, shout out to the Jets website putting these up and and go through. I did find some of the comments from Dylan, Brandon Dylan to be the most interesting, and Sam Gagne was kind of like, "Hey, let's see what these guys about what he brings 
to the club. And uh, Adam Lowry, a um, lot about getting his thoughts. We hadn't really heard from him on the leadership change and if he's looking to take a bigger role in the leadership category. Well, definitely looking forward to that. Why don't we start, though, with Bones, uh, the uh, who uh, just spoke about the number of the young players in the lineup last night for the Winnipeg Jets, as expected in the preseason opener on the road in Edmonton. Here's Rick Bonus. A lot of young faces that, you know, they need a little more experience. Uh, and and we'll, we'll, we'll decide what we're going to do on Tuesday night, tomorrow. But the young guys were a little nervous about the energy. And then this is when you're so you're nervous, you're, you're running and you're working. You're not always getting something done. And so the, the, we listen uh, for the first game. The energy, again, the energy was good. There's clearly areas we have to clean up and we'll we'll continue to work on those. All right, so there's Rick Bonus, And I think, you know, what is key coming out of that comment is that, you know, continuing to work on will be something for the entire club. And that's why I think we see maybe a little earlier cut down and a real focus in those final few preseason games on what will probably be the opening night lineup, which certainly is expected to include NHL veteran and new Winnipeg Jet Sam Gagne. And we've got a few clips from Gagne. Um, I mean, we'll do the first couple right off the bat. Uh, here's Sam Gagne on his early impressions of the new coaching staff here in Winnipeg. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of new coaching staffs uh, over the course of my career. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good vibe in here. I think guys are attentive, um, you know, to the instruction that's happening. There's, there's a lot of teaching going on. Um, and uh, I think the coaches have been really detailed with it. And, and um, gotten their message across really well. So um, uh, it's been a good vibe so far. All right, so there's Sam Gagne, and a very well-spoken player, very well-respected, and I'm certainly a guy that has a reputation for being a great teammate and good in the room. And, um, you know, Gagne was asked a, a little bit about integrating into a new locker room and a new team. Uh, I think you just have to um, show up and compete every day. Um, you know, bring that preparation and uh, and work ethic to the ice, and, um, and you know that's how you build respect among your teammates, and um, you know you start to have a voice in the room. So, um, I, I think that's the main thing. Um, you know, I, I I try to take care of myself. I try to be professional and and work hard, and um, you know, hopefully over time you build that uh, trust and respect among your teammates, and uh, you become a bigger part of things. All right, so there's Sam Gagne on just integrating into the new group. Um, Gagne also talked about, you know, his role as a veteran and, you know, coming into a new team and being flexible with his spot in the lineup and being a versatile player that can fit a number of holes. Uh, you know, I've, I've learned over my time in the league to just be flexible with anything. Um, you have to be able to adapt. Um, you know, there's situations that go on throughout the season that uh, you have to be ready for. Um, I've played every every uh, forward position on every line throughout my career um, and sometimes all in the same year so um, I, I think you have to learn to be adaptable um, you have to show up every day and, and do your job and and uh, uh, you know let the chips fall where they may all right there's a little bit more from Sam Gagne a couple other really interesting clips and I think you'll get um, you know a little sense of why he's been such a popular teammate um, and why hopefully his presence will certainly help the Winnipeg Jets um, as a team and also buy into what Rick Cabonis has been selling. Um, Gagne expanded a little bit more on having that flexible mentality, doing whatever it takes to help his team win. 
Um, I think probably the journey. Um, you know, you, you start to understand um, that, um, you know, it's an everyday league. Um, nothing is really given, and there's, there's different circumstances that happen throughout a year and different challenges that, that test you. And, um, you know, that's, uh, to me, uh, what makes it special. Um, you know, like you've said, I've, I've um, been on the high end of things. I've been on the low end of things. And um, when you take a step back and reflect, um, you enjoy it all. You enjoy the process. You enjoy coming to the rink trying to get better. And um, I have a blast doing it, and um, I want to do it as long as I can. So, um, yeah, um, looking forward to the year and looking forward to what challenges it brings. Uh, there is uh, Sam Gagne of the Winnipeg Jets. And one more clip from Gagne, and sort of a nice kind of tale from what he just, what we just heard from him. Um, he did talk about developing that positive attitude that uh, he brings to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, some of the struggles I've had, um, you know, you get sent down to the minors. Uh, you know, it happened to me uh, in Philadelphia. It happened to me in Vancouver and again in Edmonton. And, um, you know, you start to... Uh, you look at, you know, the fact that it, it could be over at any time. And um, I love to play the game. I love uh, coming to the rink, trying to get better. Um, and you really just don't want to take any of that for granted. Um, you know, I think being part of a team, uh, being able to compete, um, they're, you know, it's it's all so much fun. And, um, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, when you go through those roadblocks and adversity, uh, it's challenging, but uh, w every time I've looked back on it, it's made me a better person, better player, um, and uh, you have to enjoy those moments as well. All right, there's some great stuff from uh, new Winnipeg Jet Sam Gagne, who uh, has been skating with David Gustafson and Dominic Toninato for a good portion of camp. Um, let's move on to Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon, um, you know, an off-season acquisition last year for the Winnipeg Jets. Um Talked about comparing last year to the start of this year's training camp and how things are different for he and the team. Yeah, well, I think as you alluded to, there are two kind of completely different mindsets in training camps. I think um, uh, this year we've we've got a chip on our shoulder. I think collectively that's that's been the narrative talking amongst the guys um, from Bones' message on down to us is we, we've got something to prove and. Um, last year, I don't know if you want to call it complacent or just you know expecting that things were going to happen for us without actually going and, and earning it. Um, you know, we got our slice of humble pie, and um, it was a long summer. Um, it's nice to see a Central Division winning the Stanley Cup, and, and I think we, we want to compete with the best, and um, you know we're, we're going to get a lot of that this year. All right, that's some good stuff from Brandon Dillon, uh, definitely one of the leaders of the Winnipeg Jets from the Blue Line. Um, Dylan's name, of course, and a number of his teammates have been talked around as potential trade targets, um, you know, just due to the logjam on the blue line for the Winnipeg Jets. And um, Dylan spoke on uh, some trade rumors involving him in the summer. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, that's what you sign up for playing in a Canadian market. I think anytime there's, uh, you're not winning, there's, there's going to be names tossed out, rumors, and um, ultimately I'm, I'm happy to be, to be here. I'm happy to be with this group. Um, I think, again, with, with most of us being familiar faces from last year, um, we, we all, we all want to do well. We all want to have, uh, have a good year, um, show something to, to the rest of the NHL, um, to even to ourselves as a group that, that we can compete in. Uh, obviously, Chevy and, and management believed in that too. And already, we, we can tell there's a there's a different 
change in how we're going to play. Um, we feel we've got a good team. I think that was how we all felt last year too. But um, you know, you've got to put it all together and, and have the mindset as well as the skill. All right, so there's uh, more from uh, from Brandon Dillon. There's one more clip, and I think this is key, especially for the defense. You know, we've heard that you know the 24 goals that Jets defenseman scored last year wasn't enough, and it wasn't good enough from uh, from Rick Bonus. Um, certainly. There'll be more on the plate of the defensemen, and they'll be challenged to be more aggressive. Brendan Dillon talked about the new aggressive style for the club. Well, the big word that uh, has, has been aggressive, and uh, for a guy like me, I love hearing that. Um, defensively, offensively, neutral zone, um, be aggressive. We're a great skating team. Um, we've got a lot of skill, but but I think sometimes we, we can con- almost rely on that a little too much. And um, I think from in the D zone, there was a lot of standing around last year, and partly was our systems partly was uh you know maybe just not know where to go or 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 what to do and and i think it's been it's been black and white this year no gray area about what what's the expectation of where we're going to be and um been a lot of teaching which which is a good thing Uh, i think structure is something that can only help us um as i said we've got so much talent and skill that we're going to score goals um and we've got one of the best goalies in the league but when we rely on that a little too much, um, that's where I think the you know the aggressiveness of turning pucks over, using our size and our skating, um, you know, to benefit an ultimate play offense. All right, so there's Brandon Dillon of the Winnipeg Jets. Now let's hear from Adam Lowry. Uh, certainly a player that's at the top of many people's lists uh, when it comes to potentially you know a letter on the jersey with this leadership change. Um, but Lowry, first off, just talked about early impressions of uh, his first camp with the Winnipeg Jets under Rick Bonus after all those years with Paul Maurice. Yeah, it's been good. I think it's nice getting back on the ice, being around the guys, and obviously new systems, new coaching staff, kind of getting used to that, and just kind of practice styles, practice habits, things like that. And um, obviously, there's things that are going to be different around here, so just getting used to that, trying to. You know, get comfortable uh, in the four checks and D zone things like that. So I, I think so far, you know, a couple of days in, we're with ha- we're happy with where we're at, and you know, there's still a lot of room to grow. All right, there's uh, Adam Lowry. Here's a little bit more from number 17. He uh, talked about taking on more of a leadership role with the Jets. Obviously, last year was it was a little different. Uh, you know, having your father as, as the head coach, I think sometimes it, you know, cut out your voice a little bit. But um, you know, yeah, I think it's just you know, kind of. For me, it's how I play on the ice, you know, kind of, you know, don't cheat the game, play hard, uh, you know, kind of do what's what's asked you, what, what the coach is asking. And, you know, if, if there's some uncomfortable conversations you have to have in the room, you know, that's that's something you, you got to do. You got to be comfortable in, in different situations. So, you know, it's just kind of about taking on a little more responsibility, a little more ownership of not only your game, but, you know, the team's game as well. All right, Adam Lowry of the Winnipeg Jets. And I guess, you know, staying on the, the leadership topic, very interesting comment, though, um, there, speaking about the challenges that it was for him personally when his dad was the head coach. And maybe you kind of, you know, take a quieter role on that just because it is somewhat awkward. Certainly that's not the case now with Adam Lowry, and he's a big, big part of the team. Uh, but he was asked, you know, as one of the young leaders, his reaction to um, removing the C from Blake Wheeler's jersey. You know, I, I think the way I see it is, you know, it's an opportunity for our team to grow and, you know, some other guys to to get, uh, you know, to take another step forward. It's, you know, you're always trying to evolve as a player. I think, you know, it, it was a tough situation for Wheels. Um, you know, that's that's something you don't really want to see. I think we were all caught by surprise when it happened and, 
you know, so obviously we want to support him and you know, he's still such a big part of our team. He's still one of those guys we look to for leadership, for guidance, uh, you know, the way he plays, you know, the way he carries himself in the room and, and things like that in the community. So, um, you know, it's it's guys like that that you want to learn from and then, you know, kind of impart your own little bit of style on it and, you know, kind of go from there. All right, one more from Adam um, Lowry, and then we'll uh, we'll finish up. We got to get to the cool bet lines and uh, oh, f- horse picks last week of Assiniboia announced. We'll talk to you about that in a minute. But um, Adam Lowry also just talked about the feeling in the room right now collectively as they try to move on from last year and put a disappointing season in the rearview mirror. Well, I, I think there there's a quiet confidence, and you know that might seem kind of. You know, after last year, there's, you know, we, we didn't make a ton of changes, but, you know, there, there's a belief in our group that, um, you know, if we commit to a solid team game, we commit to kind of, you know, what the coach is preaching and, you know, we have solid buy-in that you know, we can be a solid team. So, um, you know, I, I think we all have belief in, you know, the guys sitting next to us in this room that they're, they're going to do their job. You know, everyone's going to take another step forward this year and, you know, we can kind of put last year to rest and, you know, go from there. Obviously, we're, we're in an extremely competitive division. We have the defending Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, there's a lot of really good teams in our, our division, in our conference, and in this league. So we know it's no easy test. Um, but our goal is, you know, to get back into the playoffs. And then once you're there, um, anything can happen. So, you know, we're going to use the next 82 games to try and accomplish that. All right, there is Adam Lowry of the Winnipeg Jets, and we'll see whether Lowry's in the lineup tomorrow as the Jets host the Ottawa Senators. Be sure to join us on Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow on the YouTube channel because we will have a couple pairs of tickets to give away. Just got an email from my pal James over at Canadian Club, and we'll also have some Jim Beam social passes for the game on Friday night to give away later on this week. So make sure you stick around and... Tell a friend if they're looking to win some tickets to join us over the next couple days here on WST. Hey, big shout out to our friends, the Nick and Nikki DQ group. Four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And uh, listen, I know summer's technically over, but the best taste of summer isn't going anywhere. That is the great Blizzard treats, along with all the delicious ice cream novelties they've got at DQ. But don't sleep on the on the stack burgers or the honey barbecue chicken fingers, two of my personal favorites. Pop down today to one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And if you need a DQ ice cream cake for an event coming up, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They can get that sucker customized for you and ready for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And hey, big shout out. Speaking Hammer was talking about Nuit Blanche. Um, Man, what a scene down by Little Brown Jug on the weekend. Big, big party. Uh, they shut down the street. Um, and obviously, if you haven't been there yet, that amazing patio that hosted us for our sports our tri- trivia night, um, just a great spot to head out to. It was a big center of activity for Nuit Blanche. Uh, not to mention all the great taste of Little Brown Jug Brews, which you can get at the Taproom and Brewery on William Avenue or at your favorite beer store in and around the city. See a Good Times Variety Pack available as well, along with the iconic 1919. Check them out online at littlebrownjug.ca for all their products. And of course, you can also order online for citywide delivery. 
And it is closing week at Assiniboia Downs. Normally, we'd be done by now, but it's actually kind of nice. We get a few more nights of live racing, and weather actually looks pretty good over the next few days. So uh, a great time to do it. Now, Darren Dunn's going to join us tomorrow. We'll fill us in on the jackpots that must go over the next few days. Um, so we'll tell you about that, and Darren will join us tomorrow on the program to uh, let us know how the entire season went at Assiniboia Downs. Sounds like it has been gangbusters business, which is great for our local thoroughbred association and the track. Um, so we'll get to Assiniboia Downs picks in a minute, but let's quickly get to the cool bet lines. As I mentioned, new lock shop is out, touching on tonight's Monday night football game. And the New York Giants are one-point favorites at home right now. And this game, actually, on the money line is basically a pick em. Giants at minus 105 and the Cowboys at minus 103. Um, we've got a few props and picks for you. And uh, we have seen the total go to, oh, well, 39 now is the uh, is the number. I wouldn't be surprised if this one's an under. Um, hopefully it's better than last night's game, although that bar was set incredibly low. Remo, did you watch any of the um, Broncos-Niners after the Jet game last night? Man, you got to stop putting uh, the Broncos on primetime TV. What is this? Uh, <laughs> the number one joke I've seen on Twitter is let Russ cook, and then it's like a picture of like... I don't know. I, what was the one yesterday? Like pierogies, like with Listerine topping or something. <laughs> the, the chicken being baked in NyQuil. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> like this Broncos offense, and I'm seeing a lot. Like I'm fascinated with this uh, Nathaniel Hackett hiring. It's got off to a terrible start. They can't score from inside the five yard line, and yet they're two and one. And yeah, somehow they're two and one. Their offense looks absolutely terrible. Um, you know, they're making uh, horrible decisions in terms of time management and getting guys out on the field. Like, is this guy going to make it to Thanksgiving or, or even Halloween? Um, you know, they were, the crowd was home crowd was, you know, counting down the play clock cause they can't get it together. Uh, wild what's going on there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, Cowboys giants tonight, Cooper rush starting for the visitors, Danny dimes for the giants, tons of props, uh, totals and more over at CoolBet right now. If you've never played there before, use the promo code WST. Hook you up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. All right, we've got a few things to hit before the end of the program, but Remo, let's get to our picks for tonight. Our last Monday of live racing at Assiniboia Downs. Uh, I got a nice promo here on uh, HPI Bet as well uh, for the uh, for the upcoming, the final week. Um, I usually hit my tractors late, but I'm actually going with one right out of the gate in race number one. A few of our favorites here, Fox Appeal, Dixie Moe, and Savage Love on my uh, on my ticket. Uh, that was a $6 wager. Um, then we've got race number two. I'm going to put a couple bucks down on number three, Texas Rain. Uh, going over to race number three. Uh, we're going to sprinkle on the, oh no, sorry, that's race number four. The longest shot on the card, Endo, 40 to one opening morning line. We'll see what that ends up, but uh, yeah, maybe go for a complete long shot to finish it up. And then uh, two more winners, race number five. We've got number six, 
And I think we know who that is. That would be Wit Nine. And then in race number six, our final one, we are going with Wit, or sorry, Wit Nine was there. And race number six, Miami Souvenirs. Um, so those are my picks. Got to maintain this lead. We're coming down to crunch time, Remo. You swinging for some of the fences here uh, in this final week, or uh, where, where are you going today? You know, I should have just done tractor boxes and trying to hit long shots because I got to catch up to you, but I didn't think about that. So I'm just going with my regular slow and steady strategy. Race one, I have Fox Appeal and uh, Savage Love. Race two is I got House Limit to win. I like House Limit. I think I've think about betting on house limit just about every time but don't and i am doing it now race five i like horse six to win wit nine yes also on wit nine how could Let's i not go be? wit nine that's our team and then race eight i am picking horse five bear me a moment to win nicely done all right uh live racing tonight 7 30 the uh they go to post you've got tonight tomorrow and wednesday uh, to finish up. And Darren Dunn, as I mentioned, is going to join us and fill you in on these jackpots that have to go by the end of the season. So it should be great. And again, you can always watch the races over at AS Downs, uh, Cinnaboy Downs on YouTube. Stretch and Kirk do a great, great job. All right. Just before we go, as I said, we'll kind of get into a full NFL recap probably tomorrow. Um, there's some great wins, um, some ugly losses Huge injuries for the Chargers. My boy Jeff Feinberg is on suicide watch right now after what happened yesterday. Um, but USA won the President's Cup, but Tom Kim announced himself to the world as one of the most exciting and charismatic young players anywhere in the world of professional golf. Tough weekend for the Canadians. Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrith ended up 0-8-0 in their matches. Um, and you know, led by Justin Thomas and uh, in particularly Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. Uh, the United States won the President's Cup, but it was a lot closer than uh, than we expected. Um, as far as, though, local stuff, I mentioned big win for the Bisons to get to 2-2. Two and two. Tough loss for the Winnipeg Rifles. That was it on the football scene with the Bombers on the bye week. Bombers back at it Friday. We will have some tickets to the game, as I mentioned. Uh, but the ice... Won the season opener 4-3 in Brandon on Saturday. Still waiting for a number of top players to come back from NHL camps. Uh, but the kid that's going to be drafted very high in this upcoming NHL draft, Zach Benson, was the hero scoring the winning goal for the ice to start off their season in a winning way. And just to finish off, Remo, am I hearing that this that Taylor Swift report for the Super Bowl was fake news and now it is in fact Rihanna that's going to be doing the Super Bowl halftime? Yeah, Friday we talked about rumors of Taylor Swift uh, being the halftime show and now was yesterday it was announced Rihanna uh, and it's Apple Music or Apple halftime. It used to be Pepsi, now Apple sponsoring it. Mm. Seems like Rihanna's popular, has a lot of hit songs, going to get people to tune in. I'm fine. You know, we had such a great halftime show last year. Like, I don't know. If... Yeah, the bar was raised pretty high. That's for sure. So Rihanna, mm -hmm. that's fine. She's got some good songs. So there we go. Good stuff. All right, folks. Um, Lots to get to on tomorrow's program. And we'll get ready for the first home game. And uh, we'll get a few of you to the game as well. Make sure to join us if you can on YouTube towards the end of the program. We'll spin the wheel and uh, give away a couple pairs of tickets for the game. And stay tuned. We'll also have seats throughout the week 
for the Bombers and uh, Bombers and Rough Riders on Friday night, courtesy of our friends at the Canadian Club and in the Jim Beam Social Pass. Um, that is going to do it for us. Thanks so much to Scott Billick and Jeff Hamilton for jumping on. A great job by Remus to get all that audio from Winnipeg Jets over the last few days. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. I guess our first home game day edition of the year, albeit in the preseason. I'm looking forward to getting out to the rink myself tomorrow. So uh, we'll be all over it. Uh, we will have who's uh, Mike McIntyre is going to join us tomorrow on the program as well. And we will also, as I mentioned, set up the final couple days of live racing with a visit from our friend Darren Dunn. That's going to do it for us, gang. Have a great night. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And we'll see you tomorrow live at 1 on YouTube right here on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.